solve 95. You know, my dad, 95% of the problems by a, by a, by a home service. My sure. dad was an old country doctor, and yeah. I used to go with him on house calls. And what would he mostly do? Tend wounds, yeah. do IV therapy. And, you know, Your he dad was, did yeah. IV therapy? Well, yeah. I mean, not the, not the fancy stuff with glutathione, just, but just fluid hydrate them. He would put an IV in, teach the family how to change the bags, and maybe come back the next night and whatever. Yeah, and then they would be in oxygen tents. We didn't have that other... I remember hearing these oxygen tents breathing while I'd have a cookie. The you know the farm wife would give me a cookie in the kitchen when all this was going on. I kind of peek in, you know. But that's really what that. And, and those people, most of those people did not die in a hospital. Most wow. of those people didn't go to hospitals. It's a rare, you know. We didn't, you know. I grew up in a time we didn't have a local hospital until my dad was on the board of the first one. So wow. there were no local hospitals. You had to go. To big We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. We have with us the one, the only, the beautiful Dr. Lee Merritt in the house. It has been over a year and a half since we have had the privilege of interviewing her. And I have to tell you guys, most of you actually know this because you'll still bring it up from time to time. Lee, the interview that we did with you at Bards Fest was, and, and this isn't anything against anyone else that we interviewed there. It was the, it was the most um, resonating interview that we did. The feedback oh, wow. that we had from that interview continued for months. And even now, every once in a while, someone will bring it up. My best friend, Catherine, always refers back to it. She kind of compares different people that we have on our show to this day to that interview that we did with you. And my mom, even last night, had gone back and she rewatched it. And she's like, she was just like so real. So relaxed. So we're looking forward to today's show. And we have Scott mm -hmm. Kesterson to thank for uh, making this happen. I never like to impose on people that are very busy and, and doing a lot of stuff. And he said, no, you need to get Lee on your show. I said, you think she wants to come on my show? He said, yes, get her on your show. So Lee, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We are so glad oh, that you're Thanks here. so much. Thanks. Thanks to Scott. I love Scott. He's a great guy. No, Scott is awesome. I don't know if you remember a little bit of that interview that we had because you do so many. But in that interview, you talked about how you were when you were a kid, your dad did a lot of alternative medicine. Um, you talked about how he would like do some IV bags or oxygen tents and um, how we need to get back to like, you knowing your doctor, you said that people didn't die um it, alone in hospitals they were in their homes that you said right, your town right. didn't even have a hospital um so those are the kind of things that really resonated with people i think just yeah um because the current industrial pharma good, that we yeah. have today doesn't really resemble health right and and uh, you know you know it's a scam when they when they withheld the information from the public about vitamin d mm. that's when i realized wait a minute these guys are not on our side and i realized how far the cdc had fallen from the days they actually were helpful when i was a medical student they were actually helpful but that was 1976 and this is now and i'm going to tell you um 
no matter how I look at it, we're in a multi-dimensional war against humanity. And it's not a war that started with COVID. It's a, you know, I, I talk about the medical aspects because I'm a medical doctor, but this is actually a war that's being fought on all fronts and it's been going on for millennia. Right. It's a religious war. It, I mean, there's a big spiritual component. It's a, it's a war. Look at, they're coming after our food supply now. Right. I'm in the heartland where we grow a lot of the food and I'm, I can tell you lots of stories about that, how they've been actually doing that for a long time. It's just come, it's become obvious now what the point was. And, um, you know, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of the big thing that surprises me in this whole thing is that a lot of the Christian community didn't appear to, to recognize Satan in the street, trying to poison their children. Wow. That's what's going on. Wait, wait. I, I usually take notes. That's, that's right. I'm writing that well, one down. I'm just saying that because, you know, I, I it's, it's, I, I got to say, I, I spoke down at Freedom Law School not too long ago. Well, I was just there recently, last, last January, but a year ago I was there and um, he invited me down to speak. And I, I was standing on the stage just before getting introduced and I realized I came to this resol- you know, realization that all my life I'd been paying taxes because they teach you about the laws about taxes. I said, I've been paying taxes thinking I was a good little citizen only to find out that my government used my money to buy bioweaponeers to poison my children. And I'm really kind of over that. Well, that's, you, that's really kind of, you know, right Dr. Merritt, that is something that we kind of hammer home on our show all the time. You know, um, we purposefully tried to keep our income a little bit lower than, than you would want only because, um, and if you guys have your own business, it's way easier to do that. <laughs> um, because you're, you can write things off, but here's the thing. If, we are putting the our tax dollars into things mm. that are are harming people, killing people. There is a culpability there, is there not? Yeah, and you know, I, I find myself in the uh, in the strange position. I spent ten years in the Navy as as a physician and surgeon. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm uh, brushing up my Russian and reading and following the Wagner Group every night and cheering for them taking Bakhmut. I'm thinking. <laughs> Boy, have I come a long ways. But you know what? <laughs> sorry, Look, we, we, we destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline. Yes. We are the bad guys here. Uh, unfortunately, I never believed it. I always heard, oh, you know, you Americans, you go around the world, and you do all these bad. And it's really true. Unfortunately, it's not. And, and again, I'm not going to say it's Americans. I love my country. And we, we have a lot of great people in this country. But like China, like Russia, we have to stop thinking about the world we're in right now. We have to stop thinking about as nation states to, to artificially say, oh, China bad, England good, Russia bad, America good, that kind of thing. That's nonsense. And it's been long gone. And we it's been nonsense forever. But we didn't realize it. Those are artificial designations. What the real issue is, is you've got a deep cabal that's been operating within the world for millennia that are controlled by a very few people. You know, in 2011, there was a guy named Gladfelter and he and his colleagues put all the corporations of the world into a supercomputer. And they've tried to, at the behest of the Swiss government to see what the relationship was between all these millions, 37 million corporations, turned out 147 companies owned them. And then a guy on Wall Street said, well, if you know, that's that's really 10 big banking firms. That's what Forbes said. 10 big banking firms own those 147 countries, companies. And then another guy said, well, out of them, there are only four, fu- there are four big funds 
that control those banking firms and 150 men, apparently women need not apply, mm -hmm. 150 men are in charge of those those firms, right. those uh, funds. So that's 150 men. And I would say it's somewhere between 150 and 300 because John Coleman, who was a you know um, naval intelligence agent years ago, he was in England. He had a lot of time to research and he wrote the Committee of 300. It was 300 in the past that made their bazillions off the opium trade to China and started the East Indian Company. And that's where a lot of the organization for this cabal came from. So you got somewhere between 150 and 300 men that control over 90% roughly of the world's corporate wealth. You can do a lot of stuff with that, yeah. you know? And what is happening is we have a war against this. And, and you and I, it's not just that we're women, but we need not apply because we're not bloodline. This is not wow. something that you earn because you just happen to be the best economist in the world. You have to be related. The way you keep a, a conspiracy, everybody thinks that conspiracies are nonsense, but you know, J. Edgar Hoover, probably the king of understanding the deep dark state, he said, the individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous that he cannot believe it exists. Whoa. That's what we're dealing with. And so You've got this small group of people. And the other argument people always say is, how can, how can it be kept a secret all these years? Easy. It's called hierarchy and compartmentalization. So the best way to keep a secret is keep it in the family. So mm. this is all bloodline. And, um, and that's what's been going on. And so we have to look at the world differently. And it's uh, when you do that, it's like suddenly the blinders come off your eyes and you realize it's, it's a choice. Humanity has to stop fighting over pity ass, ass little things. We have to start grouping together. Everybody's got to get together. I said early on, don't take the mandates. It's immoral to take mandates. Don't take this vaccine. Whatever you believe about it, you should stand up against the mandate. And I said, oh, if all you nurses just stood up, the hospitals couldn't do this. They can't yeah. live without you. <laughs> just stand up and say no. Exactly. But not enough people were willing to do that because they didn't believe this was true evil coming after their children. I think if they now maybe a little more people believe that. But mm -hmm. this is the problem is we have to stand together as humans against whatever this hierarchy is above us, this small group of people that control everything. And if you watch what's happening now, you know, they're they're letting a lot of stuff out now because it doesn't matter to them. They think they've got us. They think they're getting that. They think that with 70, 80 percent of the world's vaccinated they've got this in the bag. Well, they don't. And this, you know, and I, and I'm hopeful. I, I believe a lot of what they're telling us is not true, but it's geared to make us think that if you're afraid, you don't make good decisions. Fear is, is really like they say in Dune, it's the great mind bender. Fear is our biggest enemy. And then once you get over that, you have to realize they're lying about things that would make you to make you more like down and not be, think, Oh, we can't get out of this. Yes, we can get out of this. Yeah, you're really right. And just to give some give people the visual, so you've got uh, George Bush Jr., George Bush Sr., and then their uh, dad, so George Bush Jr.'s gra uh, grandfather was involved with the CIA already. And, you know, that is a bloodline. And then you see that they he was handpicked to start this war on terror, which is pretty much... It's just a, a war of terror. A war of terror. You see <laughs> yeah. over... Uh, in Germany, Angela Merkel, her father worked with the Nazis. You see the same thing with Theresa May in um, Great Britain. And you see Justin Trudeau and his dad working. You know, his dad could be Fidel Castro. Um, and you see, you do see these bloodlines and you see um, that people ha have to sell their soul to be part of this cabal. Yeah. And, and the bloodline actually, it actually goes, and, and this is what the war in Ukraine is about. It's about the Khazarians. You know, 
Uh, Solzhenitsyn wrote a multi-volume book. This is my goal in 2023 is to read his multi-volume book. Unfortunately, they didn't translate it. And why? Because the Khazarians are the bad guys here. Not all Khazarians, but the bad Khazars. So they're, they're, they're of this ancient tribe and they own the media. They own the publishing houses, so they're not going to translate it. But but Solzhenitsyn spoke with Putin multiple times about this. Putin knows what's going on. And this is this is about this, you know, ancient, you know, we were talking ahead of time about the rate role. Who's who's really Trump? I always get this question. Is he really a good guy? Is he a bad guy? What's going on? And I can't say I know for sure, but I will tell you this that both both Trump and Putin get this. Okay. Trump in his in the White House, he had a picture on the wall. And the picture on the wall was Andrew Jackson. Why would he have a picture of Andrew Jackson? Most people don't even know what that was about. But Andrew Jackson was the guy that first shut down the very first Federal Reserve European bank that was put right. in America to take over America. So this right. was the Rothschild Bank, and this is the Kazarian bloodline. Well, who did who did Putin have on his wall? Who does he have on his wall? He has Prince Sviatoslav. And Sviatoslav was the guy who, in conjunction with the Bulgarians and the Persian emir, drove the Khazarians out of Ukraine initially. <laughs> so he was the prince of Kiev that drove them out of there. Wow. And it's truly the same bloodline we're dealing with. Wow. This is a this is a history that nobody really knows. The Bolsheviks were Khazarians. They they wanted this an unending war against the Russians from these guys. OK, but it's a bigger thing. Ukraine is the center of every, you know, not just not just uh, human trafficking, but child trafficking uh, body parts. OK, body parts are the not just drug trafficking. Body parts are the biggest money in the world. And it's and it, Ukraine's the headquarters of that. Really? Could you yeah. tell everybody Can we go in down the, this path? Who are, who are the Kazarians? OK, so um, I don't know completely where they came from. But this is the this is the history as I know it. You know, in the Old Testament, you had King Saul was commanded to destroy this group of people in the Negev, and they were the Amalekites. Mm -hmm. And Jay Parker, who, if you've ever seen Jay Parker, and um, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, it, it's a it's about satanic ritual abuse, familial generational satanic ritual abuse. Two hour video, I highly recommend it. Um, and Mark Passio, Mark Passio, and Jay Parker, and he interviews Jay Parker, and it's a two hour thing. It's worthwhile. I never do anything about this. I learned about this like five years, six years ago, long before COVID. And I thought it was a, a fascinating story. I just didn't know where it went. Well, then it turns out that that his mother told him that we they came from a, a family of witches, that she was from a very powerful family of witches that were the people that King Saul which was supposed to kill. But they snuck out and they went to Anatolia or what what's called uh, it's, it's the eastern part of Turkey, Phrygia. OK, that's where we get the term the Phrygian hat, which was the hat that had the little flip flop top on it that they wore in the French Revolution. Not also a great moral time in world history. So apparently those people in eastern Turkey where names were the names of the of the uh, this is where it gets a little dicey, because I'll tell you why, because they hide within everybody's religion and all sorts of different groups. So none of those groups, I'm just going to make the point right now, I'm speaking history here. This is not a religious point. It's none of those groups by themselves are in any way evil or bad or indifferent. It's just that this is the history. These guys were in that eastern part of Turkey, and they moved into this area of the kingdom of Khazaria. And they, they're very, they were tough warriors. They were smart people. They were good money managers. And they ended up taking over the kingdom and becoming the royal house, essentially. So at some point, 
But the problem is these people practiced an old Babylonian religion. This is the ancient religion of worship of Moloch. Okay, and okay. Moloch was symbolized, you know, and they had the brass thing and they would murder children and suck, take their blood and do all sorts of stuff, eat children. It was horrible. Well, the, the, so this is like in the 850, 900,000 timeframe. And they, and they were told by the, the Prince of Kiev at the time and, and the Bulgarian king and the Persian enemy, they said, listen, guys, you are bad neighbors. You know, we're tired of having, they would, they would have tariffs on all the caravans going through that, this kind of silk road there. And they would, they would, you know, murder people. They were called the name assumers. They would murder people and they would then take their name and move on. And they'd make all this money by doing that. They pretend to be that guy. And so that happened over and over. They finally, the, the neighbors had had it and they said, you guys have a choice, you know, and they, 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 they beat them back militarily. They said, we're not going to kill you, but you have to not practice this old religion anymore. Okay. You can be, you can practice the Torah. You can practice Islam or you can practice Christianity. What do you want to do? And King Bulan in the court, they chose the Torah, Judaism. Okay. There wasn't the term Jew back then, but that's what they chose to be. And they called themselves the Ashkenazi because they came from these cities in Turkey, which were called Kanats, Nats, Nazi, Kanazi, Ashkenaz. You know, that's where the names were. So that was where that term comes from. And they went along for a while. And then afterwards, at about 1050, it was all going on again. And that's at the point where Sviatoslav from Kiev, the, the prince of Kiev and these other guys, just drove them out of there. Well, the night before, Bulan and his court, or the week before, got word of it. Anyway, they, they were able to flee in their wagons, and they took their gold, and they took their royal houses, and they went across, and they were a diaspora across Europe. And they became ultimately the big money managers all the way across Europe because they were very wealthy, and they knew how to do this. And they, um, and they became they intermarried into the royal houses. So, and they very kept, but they very carefully kept a bloodline. They only married in a very tight knit of people. Okay, they didn't marry outside their bloodline. If you notice, even in Eastern Turkey, Uger Sahin. In fact, everybody that's involved in COVID is of this bloodline. So Uger Sahin, who's the CEO of BioNTech. He's an Alevi Turk. He's a Muslim, but he's of this area where they only marry within their very tight bloodline. Wow. <laughs> and that's who the Khazarians were. And, and, you know, they, you know, over the history of the world, the, um, you know, the Russians actually helped us, for example, in the civil war. Most people don't remember that, but they, they actually helped us in the civil war and, and, and Abraham Lincoln was grateful and, and was able to stay out of the Rothschild banks because of that. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that, um, and so uh, I can't remember which Lord Rothschild was in charge of the, the Bank of England at that time, but they swore, it was this about, you know, 1860s, swore unending enmity against the House of Rothschild. So it's been going on. They blew up, they, they killed Alexander the first or Alexander the second and, and then Nikolai, Nikolai the second. So, it's been going on for a very long time. That's what this is really about. But it turns out, and this is, I had a very interesting conversation with uh, uh, Cliff High, if you know who Cliff High is. I had a great three-hour interview because he said, he said, because I was talking about the bloodline. We were talking about this whole thing. And I said, it's a bloodline and I've got it. I think I've got it too. And he says, my my grandfather was a Khazar. His, so it came, it comes through the women's bloodline. And he said, when I got shed on with the vaccine, I only got a bloody nose. And I said, that's what happened to me. I said, I only got a bloody nose. Now I took it home to my husband and he got really sick because he's part Native American. 
<laughs> oh, sorry, I got something tickling my throat. You're fine. You need so to get some water. So you're, you're saying that these Kazarians, that there's something in them that COVID doesn't attack them? Or that's like what it... I'm getting at. So I had, the, I said, that's what happened to me. I got a bloody nose. And he said, that's how they know if you've got the bloodline. Now, oh, it's wow. not the pure bloodline. I don't think I have the pure, that we don't. But I'm the daughter of the daughter of the daughter of the Duke of Westphalia. So they became the royal houses. They became the banking houses. Uh, they're the Amish, have this K26R bloodline um you're kidding and and the ashkenazim many of them have the ace two h the this k26r bloodline so there's a bunch of groups that have it and there's another variant of it in a south american group that we don't know i don't know much about cliff high was talking about that but the bottom line here is is that the people that created this they first went around the world if you look at what happened and i remember this when i was in private practice in 2000 the Chinese caught these guys from Harvard scavenging their DNA and they made a stink about it. Like, what are you guys, what are you guys over here from Harvard getting our Chinese DNA for? And then later English, the guys from Oxford said, you know, the Americans are doing something with this DNA scavenging. We don't like it. And then in 2017, Putin said, you know, you Americans are over here taking our Slavic DNA. And, and we tried to deny it. You know, we said, no, 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 we're not doing that. And he said, oh, yes, you're doing it. And you're doing it very professionally. Oh, yes, he was. Because now that I'm in this fight and I'm looking at all the research, I found it's our Air Force was over there, probably in one of the Ukrainian labs, although there's labs all over around the old Soviet Union, not just Ukraine. Um and they were actually, they hired, I know the name of the neurosurgeon from Tennessee. We've got it somewhere on my computer. They hired a neurosurgeon to go over and to actually, I'm sure they were paying these guys, extract CSF, cerebral spinal fluid, out of spinal canals of pure Slavic people. They didn't yeah. want all Russians, just pure Slavic people. Okay. This was done very professionally. And so they were scavenging all this DNA for some purpose. I saw this happening and I thought, what's that all about? You know, what, what is, what's the deal? And then when all this came out and this has been happening and we see what's been going on and I can tell you my neighbor who's she's actually a practicing Mormon, but she's 100 percent Ashkenazi. None of her family that looked like her got sick. Yeah. Wow. OK, all of the kids, she has other kids that don't look like her and her husband. They got sick. Wow. <laughs> so I've seen it real time. So they made something and it has to do with the ACE2 pathway. So again, the only reason this is all, all controversial is they want to make it a religious thing and it's not. <laughs> I'm really sorry. No, you're no, fine. You're if fine. you need to get some water, that's yeah, fine. You can, you can step out and get some water. I just need a glass but of water. I guess is, I don't have one. Yeah, if you need to step out and get some water, because this is absolutely interesting and I am spellbound well, and by this. it makes so much sense, But I, we have none in us, be, in our whole household, because we all got <laughs> sick. None of us have any of this. <laughs> In our bloodline, we're just whatsoever. Swedish and German. Yes, I don't know. We could have we got German in us, so I don't know. No, right. no, you got... might be, you know, but you got to be kind of again, it goes through the females. See, I always wondered, you know, didn't you always wonder all this creepiness about the royal houses of England? Like, yeah. why did Princess Diana have to go through all this testing to marry Prince Charles? I always thought that was crazy. I, you know, we always kind of Americans, we kind of thought that was kind of cute to watch, but we didn't know what was going on. You yeah. look like her with your haircut, by the way. Oh yeah, no way. <laughs> she was gorgeous. But anyway, so what so what um what happened, what what they were doing, what they do apparently is, and this is before they had all this DNA testing. 
there's something else. This is what Cliff High explained to me. There's something else, not just that K26R thing. There's something else they want to keep together that gives them some kind of, they think, added power. He, he's a computer guy, so he calls it a dongle on their DNA. But whatever it is, that's why they have these huge books of lineage. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think of our people, we don't think we have kings. But what's the chance of that Al Gore is a descendant from Charlemagne, a fairly direct descendant from Charlemagne, and so is George Bush Jr. Wow. He's like he's like a, a, a cousin. So it turns out a lot of um, almost all of the presidents of the United States, with about six exemptions, are all related. Wow. We're the royal houses. Okay. We are not we are not looking at election. We're looking at selection, and it has to do with these bloodlines. And I and people don't want to believe this, and that's fine. But there's is really true about the not getting sick part. So there was they picked this out. And the way it works is this this you have a receptor, just like think, people know about insulin receptors. Right. Mm-hmm. And some people never get diabetes and other families. There's a yeah. family of diabetics. Right. Some people, it, you know, there's probably other factors, but they have this receptor that's more sensitive than others. Well, in this K26R, it has to do with the electromagnetic stickiness of the receptor. So we all have them, but some of us have no stickiness and other people do like Mm -hmm. my family doesn't have any high blood pressure and it turns out with the k26r bloodline you don't get aids either okay so there's a bunch of stuff to this they just didn't understand all the workings of it until they could do all the dna sequencing and all this kind of stuff but it has to do with this bloodline and there have been actually professional this is not just me bloviating they're actually this was pointed out to me about a year ago by a friend of mine in Philadelphia, who's kind of written into the program. He knows some of these people of the bloodline and has kind of got a lot of money and hangs out. And he, he said, he sent me this paper and he said, and I said, I'm, I'm really dumbfounded about all this, but right. that's really what it, 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 it's actually true. And so what this does is that you, you, you just, you just resist being stuck with it, almost anything. Now here's, here's what I think is going on though. And I think this is really important for people to understand is that we're being lied to. The biggest, the biggest enabling lie of COVID is the idea of a virus. Mm-hmm. There is no evidence this is a virus. This is, and, and you don't need a virus. What this did, it stuck to your ACE2 pathway. Okay. I can make something artificial stick to the ACE2 pathway. It doesn't have to be a virus, okay? Even if you want to believe in viruses, which mm-hmm. I don't anymore. Um, so I was talking to Karen Kingston, and and this is how we get to parasites is that Whatever this is, it it didn't act like an airborne disease, okay? Look at what happened initially in Wuhan. It didn't go anywhere else, right? China didn't shut down their rail and their bus traffic and their local air traffic. Why did it kind of stay in Wuhan? We didn't hear of them locking down and having people dying in hospitals in Beijing or Yanzhou or any of these other cities, right? Initially, it was just in Wuhan. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened is it's... It, it some and then from what well, from there it went from there to Lombardy and then from there to New York City. Then it did, you know, we saw it a little bit in other places, but it was not again, it was not a normal spread you would expect of a quote highly contagious and very deadly va- virus. You know, it would have gone all over the place. It would have gone to Omaha, Nebraska and Pittsburgh and you know, Barcelona and everything, but you never heard that happening. They just converted the year of 2020, the year of the, the great pandemic, there were the death rate was very unchanged from normal. Mm-hmm. They just converted flu deaths to pan, to COVID deaths, yeah. right? From false testing and stuff. But underneath that, there was a small group of people that got it started. 
and you know that were just dramatically dropping. They were getting really sick, really dying. That that thing in the Wuhan hospital was scary looking, and that wasn't just you can't get people to fall on their face on concrete and not put their hands out. Crisis actors don't get paid enough for that. So that was a real deal. Okay. So what was it? Well, whatever it is, it took down your ACE2 pathway. It stuck to your ACE2 pathway. In for all the billions that we gave the CDC, one of the cures for this whole thing came from Iowa. My friend who's an ER doc, he realized what was the problem with these people? They were just couldn't retain their salt. They would oh, wow. be salt wasting and their fluids would drop out and you couldn't keep their blood pressure up. And no matter what you did, you couldn't keep their blood pressure up. So he he learned very early on, you take a quart of warm water, you mix a teaspoon of baking soda and a teaspoon of salt and you drink it over you know whatever you can do to get it down. And that made a huge difference. If you can't tolerate it, you just chewed on salt crystals. It was a salt-wasting disease. And he figured this out and started saving a lot of people in the emergency so, room. So I have a question, insert in this. With the like remdesivir hospital COVID protocol that they have done, right. a lot of times these people go in and they don't even give them IV fluids, which is standard for anybody right. to break a leg. I know, that's what I'm ID. saying. Why did it take a small town doc in Iowa to figure this out? But the other thing he pointed out was that when you go up Interstate 80 across the state, these outbreaks were very regular. Boom, space, boom, space, boom, space. Almost like something was happening along, like you were planting something along the internet, interstate. So the the hospitals have, they were, they were primed to essentially make this worse. I, I yeah, can't come up with yeah. another reason. That was, yeah. they, everything they did made it worse, right? They turned people away early when they could have given them the, the salt water and made them better. They could have told them about vitamin D. They could have done a lot of things. They just didn't do any of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I think, and then, and then what was this all about? It was to make everybody afraid. This was a three point, like the, the classic Hegelian dialectic, problem, reaction, solution. They knew the solution they wanted. What was it? Mm -hmm. It was they wanted a universal vaccine. Mm -hmm. And they've wanted it for a long time. They tried with AIDS. They couldn't get enough people afraid. They tried with H1N1. They couldn't get enough people afraid. Right. And then this time they did. Okay. So the whole point was to give you the vaccine. Now, I personally think that generally, if you've got a, if you've got a toxin, why make two toxins? I have a feeling the same thing that knocked out the very first people that made it look scary early on is probably what they use, what they're using in the vaccine. And what do we find in the vaccine? It is not genetic material. That's what we're not finding. The independent labs are not finding genetic material. Now, you know, I can't prove that. I can just repeat what they say. There are 18 independent labs and they say they're not finding it, including the German group and the, uh, the, the Barcelona people. But, um, what what they're finding is hydrogel, reduced graphene oxide, uh, um, metal fragments, kind of you know microscopic little fragments of metallic stuff, and these these networking things. Um, so really creepy networking things. I have a video I can show you about that. I don't know if you saw that from uh, Maria Z down in in Australia, but Dr. Duncan shows that there's under the microscope of the Pfizer, and he shows this thing that looks like an IBM CPU chip. You know. Wow expanding in the thing so so it's not this isn't about a virus it's about a toxin and interestingly latin virus in latin means toxin oh, okay wow. poison it doesn't mean a little creepy bug that i spit out and it gets you and makes you sick that's a great anti-human agenda it's not apparently the way the world works but karen kingston looked up some patents and she's come up to the conclusion that they're making this smart hydrogel that smart hydrogel could fit into your ace2 pathway and she discovered a patent that showed this hydrogel 
that that has two shapes. One is triangle and one is a diamond. And I can't remember which one fits into your ACE2 pathway, but one of them does and one of them doesn't. So when I look back at this whole thing, here's what I think happened. I personally think they made this hydrogel solution and they spread it on surfaces in Wuhan. Okay. People picked it up. They got it in their mouth. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, once something is, 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 is a touch poison, and we as in bioweaponeers, I'm going to tell you, we have a lot of experience dealing with contact, creating contact poisons. Okay. So they, they, they get that on them. They get it in their mouth. They get it in their mucous membranes, rub their eye, whatever. It gets into them, and it may propagate a little bit into them. And then, but it's not making them sick because it's not fitting into their ACE2 pathway. Then they turn on a wavelength, and boom, it gets into their ACE2 pathway. And I think that makes the most sense of what we saw. And in favor of that, they really, 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 whatever it is, these anti-parasitic drugs take care of it. Not just one, not just two, but all six of them. Yeah. Remember, George Carlin had the seven words nobody, no, nobody can say on TV. But now uh, there are six words you can't say on TV. And that's chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, fenbendazole, nitazoxanide, and and chlorine dioxide in fact that one will put you in jail for talking about it. yeah you know so yeah. that's where we are and and um so and, then and I how think, did it spread so you, like said, you said you gave it to your husband we came back from bards fest we gave it to our family members this has been one of those things when people bring to leah and i it's not a virus because we're not scientists i'm going well that doesn't make sense can you unpack this so that we can finally get it right so yeah so I, this is what, and, and, I, and I thank Larry Pulesky at Bardfest. We actually, he actually finished some of my education about this because I said, okay, Larry, I get it. If there's no virus though, how do we get sick in the winter? And I think if you understand this, and by the way, I've also done a big deep dive on the pandemic of 1918. Very similar program run against the people then too. Okay, it was about a toxic vaccine. It was an, an electromagnetic frequencies. It was not about a virus then either. And they, they really tried to prove it. Right here. Let me just point this out. In 1918, they tried to prove it was a virus or something. They had 118 volunteers They in the hospital in Boston. They put their face over the face of the dying and yeah. they said, don't touch them, but breathe in. When they breathe out, we want you to breathe it in. Not one person got the flu. Not wow. one. OK, zero transmission. Then they swabbed the nose of the sick and dying in the hospital and they put them in the well people. And they still didn't get sick. Mm -hmm. Then they put they then they got their nose stuff and everything, and they spun it down. They put it in solution, and they injected it into the well people, and none of them got sick. Horses were getting sick in 1918. They would try and get transmit it to a well horse. They couldn't give it to them. Wow. Okay. So here's what's going on. We never had influenza before we laid down the telegram lines. Okay. Okay, this is an electromagnetic disease. In 19, in, in the ancient time, not even ancient, in the 1600s, 1700s, early 1800s, flu, we didn't have a flu death season like we do now in the winter. It happened every 10, 20, 30, 40 years, it would break out. And when it broke out, it broke out all over the world all at once. Okay, you can't travel that fast in the age, as we joke in the Navy, in the age of wooden ships and iron men, it couldn't travel that fast. They would even have, in fact, the British Admiralty helps this understanding because they had all these logs of these ships that were sailing around. They were at sea for months at a time, didn't come to land, and yet they got sick on that ship at the same time people in France and England and Australia and the United States, all, everywhere. They were getting all sick at the same time. How could that happen? It can't be transmission of a virus. So later, these very smart astronomers in both Oxford, England and Winnipeg, Canada, 
they looked at all these things and they realized they corresponded exactly to the sunspot activity. Mm. As the sun gets much more hot and the, these fla they get these flares and they get these sunspots, which is every like 13 years roughly, they, they, they ionize our atmosphere. And that actually causes us to get sick. I don't know if you had it, but about two weeks ago, I had about 10 people call me and say, hey, I think I'm getting something. I'm coughing and stuff. And actually, I was too a little bit. Leah did. And just didn't feel good. And I just kind of felt that was, we had a huge sun, sun flare that happened about 10 days, 10, 12 days ago. And I, a lot of people around me started getting sick. Not bad, but just for a few days, they didn't feel good and they had this cough. Because we are electromagnetic beings. Our metabolism depends on electron gradient. And when that whole when our electromagnetic uh, atmosphere around us suddenly changes, we can't suddenly accommodate it and we can't function. We don't, our metabolism shuts down. We can't get rid of toxins. A lot of bad things happen. That's what's going on now in the, so, and that's what happened in the 1918 pandemic. It wasn't the Spanish flu. It started in Fort Riley, Kansas. What were they training military people to do then? Be telegram operators mm. in 1860s afterwards. They, they, they called it telegrapher's disease. People who worked under telegram lines, the telegram operators, the, the train line guys, um, the conductors, they were they were getting sick. And it was this weird kind of nervous uh, sickness. They called it neurasthenia. It was it was all over the place. In fact, the, the telegram operators in Ottawa, Kansas or Canada, they walked out one time for better working conditions. But they figured out you know, in favor of this theory, they figured out that if they took a long twist in the copper wire for the telegram lines, the disease went down. You didn't have as much disease. So that's another point of proof. We got we got multiple points of proof that this is that people are electromagnetically sensitive and it strikes your lungs. Okay. But the other point here is in 1918, they didn't die unless they had taken the crude vaccines hmm. made for the military for the first time by the Rockefeller Foundation. They made all these vaccines. They first vaccinated them against typhoid, and then they got meningitis, which is at a, at a rate that is not normal. Then they vaccinated them for the meningitis, and then six months later, or three to six months later, they started getting what was first called streptogrip, and now we call influenza. So influenza is not a virus. In fact, it only means, in Italian, it means influence, because people didn't know what it was called. They didn't know what it was. And, um, and, and, uh, so, so it's a it's a cosmological ionosphere problem. It's what this is. It's a sun. It's it's ionization. Now, what do we have happening? If you look in the if you look at all these big outbreaks that we've had, the pandemic of H one, the, the so called pandemic in, in like two thousand, I think, was it two thousand six or when it was or it was H one N one. It corresponded to a big bump in the use of cell phones. The cell phone technology blew up. So suddenly, people were all around this stuff. You know, in nineteen eighteen. It wasn't the, the the most healthy farm boys that were going down to, to Fort Riley to train to be telegram operators. They were the ones getting sick, not the scrawny kids from the city. Why would that be? Because the we have a thing in the medicine called Canon's Law of the Body. The body responds to rate of change. So the kids in the city had been acclimatized. They'd been slowly in a city that started laying down electrical wires and not the farm kids. They came from no... So in the winter, every winter, here's how it works. You and I, oh, this is another big lie of our, my medical training. They said, oh, you don't, you're not a plant. You don't get any help from the sun. You don't, you don't take in any energy from the oh. sun. Not true. It turns out that every cell in our battery, 
Every cell in our body is a battery. And the way you get rid of toxins or the, you know, if you stop thinking about viruses and think of when you start sneezing, you've got a toxin. When you start mm-hmm. feeling bad, you're toxified with something. Now it could be parasites. This is a big point I'm going to make, but it could be lots of things that are causing that toxin. But a lot of times it's just the cleaning fluid you've been in. I mean, you, you're, you get around toxins and they get in your cell, but your body normally spits them out and they don't get sick from it. But it takes energy to do that. And it's specifically a type of energy you get from the sun. So think about it. What happens in the summer? We don't get sick as much. We're outside all the time. We get lots of sunlight. Your batteries are charged. You can get rid of toxins. You can work longer, play longer, no problem. But in the winter, the sun isn't out. You're cold. You stay inside in the, in the northern climate. And so your batteries are slowly discharging. And by the time it gets to about December, January, February, they're pretty well discharged and you can't get rid of toxins as well. And what are we doing? Modern society, we're staying up, partying, we're having New Year's Eve, we're drinking alcohol, we're you know cleaning the house, the kids are coming home for Christmas. In other words, we're, we're staying up late when our great-grandfather and grandparents, they were going to bed with a sun cycle and we don't. Right. So we are expending energy at a time we're not taking it in and then we can't get rid of toxins. So the most feeble, most toxic, most immune compromised die. That is what it is. It's not about a virus. When people say, my favorite one is, and this is how we change the world. We have to change our language. When people say, oh, I got sick because there was somebody coughing on the plane. No, you got sick because you stayed up the night before packing and you're all excited and you didn't sleep well. And after a few hours of sleep, you jumped on the plane and then you went to your destination and there was all your friends there and you partied and you had alcohol and you stayed up late and did that for a couple of days. And then you started getting sick. And you, by the way, when you got on the plane, they just sprayed it with all these disinfectants that now you're rebreathing for four hours. You know, that's why you got sick. You, you, you were, you let your immune system run down. So I'm tracking so with then, you 100%. My, the question goes back to like what happened with us with Bard's Fest, which all of that applied to Leah and I with Bard's Fest. We were exhausted driving the whole nine yards. Right. But then we get back and our family had been completely just fine. I mean, it's summer. My mom's outside. She's doing everything she's doing. And then we get them sick. Okay. And that's where, so, that's where I get that block. Like, okay, how does that? Okay, but see that, that I'm going to tell you, this is a different situation where I think there is a toxin being put out. Okay. In other words, this hydrogel thing could have been, what would, what a better, what better target than Bard's Fest, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. So, and so yeah. I didn't get it, but then again, I might not. We saw of- in the beginning, we saw videos of uh, Asian looking women going in, like going touching in things in, in touching stores, all kinds of things in the stores. And then, so that would be my next question. That's what Was I'm talking this about. created in the lab in Wuhan, whatever this is? Well, no, I think that's just BS, to be honest. I think that the reason, you know, first they didn't want us to believe it was anything but natural. And this is what, by the way, this is classic counter intel. Counter intel is, you know that some truth is going to come out that you don't want to have out, but you stall, stall, stall. And then when it comes out, you try and confuse, confuse, confuse. And then you then you admit it when it's too late for your enemy to do with anything with it. So that's what's happening here. So first, they didn't want you to think it was anything but natural. And then they had to admit, because it was very obvious from the get-go, and I will go on record and say, on February 4th of 2020, I said this was a bioweapon. So there was evidence for this right away. And nobody was listening. They just right, thought we right, were crazy. Right. But yeah, so something came out. And it, the fact that it started in Wuhan doesn't mean it was produced in the Wuhan lab. Not okay. saying they weren't part of it, but, you know, and I can't prove this. But the point is, is that that, 
that is a th what we're finding. I mean, that's what the this whole our taxpayers paid bioweaponeers forever to come mm -hmm. up with this stuff. DARPA is the big money on this thing. And we had people, I mean, why did, why did this also happen on February 4th? Um, the, the chairman of chemistry, biochemistry in, at Harvard, he gets picked up, he gets arrested because they claim they didn't know he was going back and forth. He's a nanotechnologist. That's what we're talking about here. He was going back and forth to the Wuhan, not the Institute of Virology, but the Institute of Nanotechnology that he was building for Harvard, okay, mm -hmm. back and forth. And they claimed they didn't know that. No, I mean, Char when I watched this and I said, if Charles Lieber, if they throw him in jail and throw away the key, maybe we're not guilty, but they didn't. They just gave him a little slap on the wrist. Right. We're part of this, okay? So what they don't want you to know now is, they. I think you're right. There is a contact poison. They've put it around. It got taken in. It made people sick at first, enough that they got people scared. And it was the same stuff probably put into the vaccine that is now causing a lot of problems in a little different form. When you inject it, they put it in this lipoprotein capsule filled with, it's got uh, cationic lipids and all sorts of stuff that's really damaging to people. So you're, you've added something to it. But it essentially starts with the same kind of thing. It's not, it's not I don't think this is genetic at all. And in fact... Um, here's, here's the latest, in my opinion, it's called optogenetics. So when I, I got a, I, I got a thing, actually some Chinese guys wrote an article and I think they're Chinese. I can't tell. This was unsigned. It was clearly, somebody was trying to blow the whistle, like a whistleblower thing. And, and I was handed to this kind of under the table saying, you should read this. And it was somebody going in detail saying, this isn't, this, this vaccine does not contain mRNA for the spike protein, but then they claimed it contained mRNA for other things that they couldn't figure out. And then they said, the only guy that could have done this was Feng Zhang at the Wuhan, at the, at the lab in MIT, Feng Zhang lab, the Zhang lab. Okay. He's the guy that's credited with CRISPR technology. Now, I went to the Zhang lab and I started reading about Feng Zhang when I read this. Okay. Cause I'm trying to figure out, is this real or is this, what is this? So I start reading about him and the very first thing I run into, he says, well, you know, when we talk about genetic uh, manipulation, we can do gene knockdown, meaning they can, they can d diminish the, they can take out a genetic function, but we can't really do precise insertion of genetic material. And I'm going, what? Isn't that what you're talking, what we, we know all the, the X-Files and all the stuff is talking about? No, it turns out what his PhD is in, that's what I've learned from a friend of mine. Now that you look at what their PhD is in, it was in optogenetics. Okay, and here's what that is. You And, and now they've done a, an upgraded form of optogenetics. So I'll just talk about that. They inject you with something that um, is sensitizes you to wavelength. Mm. And then they blast you with wavelength and it does things, Okay. One of the things they can do, for example, is they can cause a cardiac arrhythmia. They can, they, you, have, you have these chemicals in the body called opsins that aren't very strong, but bacteria have opsins that are very strong. And so, for example, one of the bacteria opsins, you can hit that with a certain wavelength. If you're, if you're a blue-green algae in a Petri dish, and you have a bunch of blue-green algae it makes a green slime on the Petri dish, and I turn on a certain wavelength, they'll all move over to away from it to, because I've turned on the little protein in their system that runs their little propeller and they go away from me. It's pretty cute, right? <laughs> so that's a, that, so that they take that kind of a protein, these opsins from the bacterium, they mix it with mammalian stuff, which are kind of weak, but they're strong. They mix it up, hybridize it. Then you can, they've put it in rats and they've shown in mice rats that they can start, they can, they can, 
make the heart go into fibrillation. Wow. Think about sudden cardiac death. They can they can get it out of the, now. Their excuse to do it is because we could save a lot of lives from you know tachycardia and weird arrhythmias okay. with this. But they can also kill people at a distance. Okay. So let's look at the Travis Scott concert. Okay, what happened there? Everybody was vaccinated. Everybody went into an area where there was a lot of strobing lights. These things respond to wavelength and and, and flashing uh, wow. pulse lights. They went into an area, the pulsing of the lights and all this wavelength, and 10 people dropped over. They weren't being crushed. I read all the early reports by eyewitness reporters. No, they, they, but the problem is that they couldn't get people to attend to them because there were so many people there and they were trying to do CPR and everything. But, but the number one reason that young people drop over and die is cardiac arrhythmia. So let's just think about that. They took the vaccine, they get sensitized with something and they keep, I'll tell you what they say on this stuff. They say, it is very, very precise. I can temper, I can spatially and temporally very precisely control your brain or your heart with this technology. Wow. So I actually want to take this one step further because as you're talking, I'm thinking of, because you mentioned the concert, and I don't know what your take on DeMar Hamlin is. We are from Cincinnati, and God literally directed us to drive down there that night. It's it's a crazy story that we uh, have from that night. So DeMar Hamlin drops dead. No, he actually yeah, died. He I think dies. he's dead, personally, yeah. What I'm thinking is, okay, so you're talking about these wavelengths. You talk, there's, there's a big stadium. There's a lot of lights. There's a lot. And then everybody stops, and they pray. And there is something to the power of prayer Absolutely. that changes an environment. Like I have goosebumps just saying this. So I'm not saying that it wasn't a God, I believe it was a God miracle, but at the same time, almost on a kind of a very basic level, just having the whole stadium stop and, and pray changes that electromagnetic environment. Yeah. Now, see, his may not have been, though. I mean, his his wasn't in conjunction with a bunch of other people. His could have just been the kind of sudden adult death syndrome. I, they're calling it SADS. I think we yeah. ought to call it VIDS, vaccine-induced death syndrome, yeah. because that's what it is. Um, it's it's targeting, look, look, it's targeting warrior age men. You know, uh, they're the primary victims of this, and they have sudden cardiac arrhythmias. So it could have been something else in the vaccine, including... Uh, of a, a particular parasite called Trypanosoma cruzi. And that's one of the things to, to be aware of. But I personally think if we want to take a lesson away from Damar Hamlin, uh, it's the, it's the um, what was her name? Uh, she was a nurse in a ho hospital and she was given this vaccine and just slumped over right away. It was very early on. One yeah, of the very yeah, first, yeah, I don't remember, remember that. Right uh, yeah. uh, anyway, I can't think of her name right now, but she was working in a Tennessee hospital, but she lived in Alabama. Well, they tried... You know, it's it is kind of like the Nixon Watergate scandal. It isn't just the crime; it's the cover-up. She was a, she she apparently died, but it took a while to figure that. I mean, people. It took her cousin coming forward, a bunch of people. I mean, people reported and showed pictures of the the um, funeral home parlor had it initially announced that she was there, and and other people said that's not her in the ICU because the mask said so that's her friend that's standing in for her. They're they're lying about this. She's dead. Well. My husband kept saying, why are you following these? Why are you doing this? You know, like a like a homicide detective. Right, yeah. Why are you doing that? I said, but you, you got to understand, there's a big, every, every medicine in the world can have side effects. Mm -hmm. So having one death from a side effect is not, the, is not that unusual. Mm -hmm. But it, 
it is extremely unusual to have an entire hospital cover it up. Yeah. Right, okay. Right, right, what right, does it right. take to take every person in that hospital to not squeal? Right. So that's what I was interested in. And I got to tell you, now what we have, in my opinion, is this whole thing redux because I think Damar Hamlin's dead and we got the same thing with the entire NFL. Now, I can tell you that I can't prove that the NFL has been paid, but the NFL was certainly being big on pushing the vaccine. The NFL Alumni Association got three and a half or three point seven five million dollars from Pfizer to push the vaccine narrative. Mm -hmm. Now, why do I think he's dead? This is Larry Pulaski and I and the others on the five doc, Sherry Tenpenny. We talk about this and we all think he's dead. I'm a surgeon. I can tell you something. You saw him come out of the hospital, right? Okay. No wheelchair. I don't care what you go into the hospital for. A broken toenail. When you leave that hospital, you leave in a wheelchair. Nobody walks out of a hospital, especially somebody that's just been in the ICU having chest compressions, okay? So first of all, that just that right there said to me, wait a minute. And then he disappeared. He had these two big guys like handlers and he disappeared around the corner. Didn't get into a car, didn't, you know, nothing public. No, there's something very wrong with the story. Now, Larry said that either he or somebody found evidence of his funeral in Philadelphia. That's where he's from or Pittsburgh, someplace there. And that it it had the listing of his family's, his parents' names, including middle names that were exactly his parents' middle names. What's the chance of two parents having you know, you got three names that have to be accidentally the same for a Damar Hamlin. So I think it's, and the other thing is, you don't take nine, 10 minutes of chest compressions and come out of the hospital a few days later going like this, because it hurts to have chest compressions, okay? You break ribs in old people, but in young people, you're going to smash those cartilages and they hurt like heck. So there's a lot wrong with that story. So a I think lot from our, 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 our side of that story, just to insert a little bit to it, is that we were headed downtown Cincinnati that night and we never go down there, like ever, especially if there's a game. We thought it was an away game. We were going down for a Christmas market, actually. It was the last night of it and I really wanted to go to this Christmas market. And we end up and we're like in a sea of orange and black, like meaning all the fans are there. <laughs> and you know, it was just crazy. And we're like, oh my gosh, we've got to get out of here. We didn't even go to the Christmas market at all. So we, but we were downtown, like right next to the stadium, stopping because the fans are crossing in front of us. I mean, we are there. We are down there. And Leah and I were talking to each other and we're like, okay, well, we'll let's go see a movie or whatever. And and so we're, we're leaving downtown Cincinnati and Leah was like, wait a minute. If we drove down here tonight, it was for a reason and we need to pray. So we stopped like we just- and You didn't know anything about Damar Hamlet at that He point. hadn't died yet. Right, right. This was just, this was like an hour prior, right? And so we just started praying. And I mean, we- prayed and so we went and we saw a movie and we come out of the movie and i'm and my phone's blowing up you know and i'm seeing it all over social media and i'm kind of like wait a minute what is what happened what what is this and so we're we're going into it and we came home and we did a live video and uh, we're crazy christians dr merritt we're those kind of crazy and the power of god comes on leah and i and we literally started to prophesy and we're like god raised this man from the dead and this is a warning this is yeah. a straight up warning because God just gave an instruction manual to the church for how you raise the dead. So that would be the answer to how all of the things that you just said. Well, and, he, and I'm not saying, by the way, that he died right then. OK, I, I can believe that that I mean, God intercedes. And so that could have made a difference right then. But 
at some point there's something very fishy about the home don't get me wrong yeah, i don't believe something, a there's lot something of the different. yeah the interview that has come out that he's and i will make you a bet too was really weird the, the interview when they went to ask him about he's like well i can't talk about that i can't talk right. about what happened and physically he bounced out like a very healthy young guy who'd just been in the icu recovering and they were saying it was going to take him months to get back right. i think he was alive for a while okay but i don't think that fit the narrative see what that what the prayer may have done i'm telling you i'm serious yeah did you see for example did you see that uh what was her name Anne hesh yeah remember the video okay she was clearly alive after that injury she's trying to get off the gurney and they're they've already covered it up like she's dead and they're right. now she's pushing right. out okay right right, right. Yeah, because there's a narrative there and i will bet you here's and this is i didn't you know, uh, we've been talking about this too. Larry Pelosi always gives us the sports stuff on on Five Docs, but he says we've been talking about this that 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 this was a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I'll bet you, we'll, I'll bet you, you can remember I said this that the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl next year. Mm. They made the sacrifice. This was he was a I, th I think he was a sacrifice to this Kazarian old religion, this Babylonian old religion. Yeah, personally. Well, that, that personally, that that that's something that we have, you know, been telling people is, listen, guys, even just like with the sports in the arena, it is a religion. And we've got to start pulling ourselves out of these these false religions and not get pulled into these. These are demonic, satanic rituals, basically. Right. And, you know, you you look at the halftime uh you know, shows during the Super Bowl, and they're always some sort of weird satanic ritual. And right. it's like, if they if they put it right in your face, and they're saying, you know, we're basically doing this, the same thing with, you know, the Hollywood Oscars, and especially like with music, um, you know, the last thing we saw, like with the music awards with Jay Z doing a, a, a the table with a jesus jesus the last, the, the last supper these guys are part of some sort of uh evil cabal that we it's hard for us to wrap our brain around that that we love god we believe that jesus christ died for our sins and so we want to do good for people but they belong to a different set of beliefs and so maybe you absolutely tell people about that like what is the kazarian belief system that that would lead them towards you know, this globalist cabal. Well, you know, that's why I tell people, listen to Mark Passio and um, Jay Parker's interview, because they go into depth about this. You know, there's so many rabbit holes about this. Just look at um, the mind control of MK Ultra. Yeah. Right. Everybody now has heard of MK Ultra, and we have centers. My actually University of Rochester actually had to admit at one point they had taken money from the CIA and were doing MK Ultra research. Now, what wow. does that mean? Are we torturing children in the basement of the psych building? I don't know, but I hope not. But but you know, it's crazy stuff. But we always thought of it. You think of it as well. This is a scientific thing, and it was no. It's about it's about fracturing children's minds so they can be part of this cult, and so. It comes, it came from Mengele, from Auschwitz. That's the work he was doing, but he, even he didn't initiate it. Okay. This is the old Babylonian religion, but yeah. they didn't have scientific edifice to, to, to make it better, right? So all, all MK Ultra is, is satanic ritual abuse brought into the modern scientific mm. framework. Mm. That's what we're dealing with here. And, you know, it's a, what we call Satanism, they don't call that. They call it the old religion. And it's oh. this old Babylonian, pre-Babylonian, whatever religion. And they have a lot of weird beliefs. And one of them is, 
I think, and we talked about that earlier. I can show you this little video that's about, if you look at it, now the good news about, by the way, about the Super Bowl midtime, I think halftime this this year, mm -hmm. they've all been satanic and they've been way over the top. But didn't you think this year was kind of, maybe, well, maybe you didn't watch it, but maybe it was kind of like, meh, you know, that wasn't very impressive. <laughs> I, so, I, I think these guys it. are running out of money. I do know that Rihanna came uh, pregnant, which I thought was great because um, she made a, kind of a joke and and the the uh pro-choicers were all angry because uh how do you say is there a human in there did she bring an extra person you know did she not you know i thought that was a funny you know a funny joke there but, but didn't you think it was kind of there it wasn't really all that uh, it was there wasn't a lot of money spent on it and i said uh -huh. i turned to my husband and we were the group of people watching this i said you know, I'm kind of happy to see this. Normally, I don't want to watch it because I know it's going to be awful, satanic. Yeah. But this time, it was like, wow, I think we're winning. I think they're running out of money. Yeah, no, <laughs> so that could be true. That's true. That is true. And, you know, this goes to uh, recently Joe Biden had just said, he said these words. It's a sin. He said the word sin to not allow the children the, to cut off their gen genitals basically it's a oh sin to um it's a sin against god to not uh support the transgender ideology of kids and i think that that goes to another like mk ultra there is something um definitely as part as like sacrificing these children to the gods and molech do you think you said body parts are really important to their religion um, do you think that that's why they push the transgender agenda? Like they've gotten so to where they now they're openly like, you know, rejoicing when these kids like cut off body parts. Well, look at Baphomet, the statue of Baphomet they want to put around everywhere. And, and that is the androgynous it's, it's, he's got male and female genitalia. Okay. So they're into this. That's part of the religion. Yeah. It's, it's, and I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm just saying what you see. And, um, yeah, it's just an anti-human agenda. At the at the minimum, it's an anti-human agenda. But I think there's a bigger cosmologic thing that they believe. I was gonna. Can I show? Can I share my yeah, screen here and it. show you a couple things? Let's do it. So just because we're on this topic, I'm gonna just show you this um, first. Where do I go? Right. No, let me do this first. Um. Hold on a second. This is. Okay, so this is, you know, we were talking a little about earlier before we got on the show about predictive programming. And and again, one of the things that I, I don't, predictive programming is the idea that you tell somebody something early so that you soften up. You show them when they don't really completely know what you're talking about necessarily, but you show them things that then later they'll accept. It's kind of yeah. softening the, the thing. But I think there's more to it because in this old religion, they have a, a sense of, of um, karma that, if I tell you what I'm going to do, then I do it, then you, then I'm not guilty. Right. I don't have any exactly. karmic debt. No, no, I don't believe that, but that's what they believe. Right. Okay. So this is the opening ceremony to the Olympic games in, in uh, wherever it was in 2012. I can't remember. So on the first here, you got this, this tall black, like uh, the grim reaper figure. Yeah. And, you know, in, and holding a syringe, you've got hospital beds with real children on them. Remember they went up and down mm -hmm. and, uh, the Queen of Hearts, whose famous line is off with their heads. I yeah. mean, kind of a murderous thing. You had, of course, dancing nurses. Every Olympic game, I guess, has to have dancing nurses now. So weird. And, and hospital people and, you know, doctors and nurses in, in robes and all these children in these hospital beds. What the heck does this have to do right. with, with the Olympic games? But my favorite is the dead baby. Yeah. Really? 
I mean, we're surrounding ourselves with a dead baby. Yeah. Now, yeah. let me just let me just go to the next um, slide here. Okay. And then this is from the 1992. To show you how far back they've been planning this, this is the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. Hang on. We're not seeing the next slide yet. Oh, I guess, huh, maybe that. You can see your whole screen, though. Okay. Hold on. Let me. Uh... There we see there it now. Is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, but you should see, you should just see that. Like I was going to screen share. I was going to do the, so you don't see when I go like this, do you see the painting? No painting. No painting. Okay. Hold on one second. Let me just try something else. Um, huh. wonder how I do that. We had it earlier. We did have it earlier. Yes. Well, I'll just pay. I'll just do the earlier. I'll just I'll just tee it up like I did earlier. Hang on, guys. I know we just lost it, but I I'll, let me change the thing. Here we go. Boom. Well, actually, here I'm going to show you because I, I it was to show you some creepy videos. I'll show you this creepy video because this is this is really <laughs> this is the one I was mentioning. Let me just think how I do it. I have to go to the screen share first. Okay, let me try this. Um, okay. I think this will do it. Okay. So. Okay. Do you see that? Like yep. a kind of yep. silvery. Okay. So this is a video and I'll just go to start it running. What you're seeing here is, if I think it's running. Yeah. What you're seeing here is this is from uh, MariaZ.com. And she interviewed a Dr. Duncan from Australia, and he put some Pfizer vaccine under a microscope at 240 magnification. And, you know, first of all, he's noticing all this junk around, all that, that kind of detritus. Look at the little tubular things at the bottom. I mean, is this supposed and, and to be a Pfizer's, moving video? Yeah, it's, it, it will be in here in a minute. Okay. Um, you can see the little, I know it's going to move here uh, because his, do you see his little cursor moving around? I don't know. I can't see that small. Okay. Well, in any case, you see the big blob in the corner in the middle. Yes. And it's, the, first of all, Pfizer said this is normal to have all this junk in a vaccine. No, it's not. You okay. should have clear liquid. But, okay. but first of all, what he's concentrating on is this black thing in the center. And nature doesn't have square edges. Do you see it moving now? No. No. Oh, darn it's it. It's not playing because the thing isn't going on the bottom. You see? Yeah. Huh. But I'm see. Well, I mean, we see the image, and we can kind of. We, I can image, definitely you're picture not, what you're. Well, the whole point is the about. moving. Now, how? What am I doing wrong here? I Do wonder. You need to click play. Is it playing on your end, Doctor Merritt? Yeah, it's playing on my it's end, and I see end. screen share. But, um. I love technology. I know. I'll tell you what. Let me do this. I will just completely get out of the of this thing, and I'll I'll do it from another. Huh. Let me just, how do I get out of this? That's weird that I can't. I know. With technology is great. It worked great not. when we started, but I was going to show you because it shows you this self-assembly of what looks like an IBM chip in a oh, Pfizer file. Wow. Oh, wow. It's really, really creepy. Um, so, huh. So I tried it by screen sharing first. Let me just do the desktop. I'll do that. So you're seeing the whole thing. Okay. And now I'm going to, I'm going to just do this from here. And I think this will work. Okay. Now see if, 
see if you see a little white cursor kind of bopping around there. So it's hard. It's going okay, the white we're cursor. moving now. We've okay, so again, cursor. all this junk in there shouldn't be there. And what he did is he ran this on a, on a, under a microscope at 240 magnification. And he started with a camera view and he just let the camera run all night because he didn't see anything oh. changing. He's kind of circling that black thing he I wants you to it. pay yep, attention yep, to. Yep, yep. But, but then he came back in the morning and he replayed it fast speed. And that's what you're going to see here in a minute. Because, again, this is not normal to have that square image. So there's something going on here that's not right. Let me also, maybe I can speed this up a little bit. Oh, maybe not. It's about to go. And what's interesting is this didn't happen when he did it in a Faraday cage. Okay. Again, wavelength. So this is important. Hmm. Did I stop it accidentally? Yeah, there yeah, yeah now, it's, go. going now again. it's going again. We can now see it's moving. Yeah. You know, when you're sitting alone in your closet doing this, it never it never has a problem, right? Oh, <laughs> Only yeah, when you try to show it to somebody else. There it goes. Now see, there's this isn't even self-assembly. There's something pulling on the top and something pulling on the bottom that's doing this. And look at what it makes. I mean, anybody that used to build, I used to build computers with my boys when they were little. That sure looks like an old IBM chip to me, like an old IBM CPU. Whoa. Yeah, that's not good. Whoa. So, so that is that is a that is a transceiver of some sort. Hmm. Now, let me show you the other the other video here, because this is. Uh, let me just see where I put it. I'll have to go. I'll do it this way. Get out of there. Here it is. OK, so this now is from the it. Barcelona. This is from the Barcelona games of 1992. OK. OK way back so here you have and the, and i'm just going to show you this but there watch that thing now this guy that did this put he put this together he didn't understand what he was looking at mm -hmm. that he understood he says that's the sars cov2 thing that they're projecting oh and of course you got to have slave master and slave ships what olympics would be complete without those mm -hmm. um here you go more of the blue balls of these guys dressed as car sars cov2 mm -hmm. more slaves but now watch this and you're going to see this black thing coming out of the crowd now, I will tell you, I've been studying cancer and parasites, and this is exactly what parasites look like when they come out of your cancer cells right there. That black oh, thing. Oh, really? That's what it looks like. And the German group, and that's that he's showing you Kerry Made's thing, thing there, but that's oh. not it. He's missing the point here. This is a parasite. So is that. Now, oh, wow. why, I'm, why I think this is, and so this is either predicted programming or it's, you know, karmic debt amelioration, whatever you want to call uh -huh. it. They're showing you what they're going to do in 20 years. Wow. Oh, 30 years. 30 years. This was 30 years before mm -hmm. it. They're going to show you what they're going to do. And see, I think this other point, the other point about this old religion is if I tie you up so that you're in, you're in your kitchen and you can't feed yourself and mm -hmm. you starve, I'm not guilty because right. I didn't kill you. You just couldn't feed yourself. Right. So what's a beautiful point here is if you're killing people with parasites, because I drop down your immune system. And we know now there are certain changes that happen in the immune system that are predictable after you take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. We also know, I've been talking to, now they're there, that one, that brown thing there that they're carrying, mm -hmm. that I didn't know what it was until I looked in a, in a textbook of parasitology and that looks like Trypanosoma cruzi. Oh, it's wow. st stylized of course, but it looks like that parasite. And why is that important? Because Trypanosoma cruzi gives you Chagas disease which when you're a um, when you're in 
we were we, we've been worried about it for a long time coming across the South American South America up to through the Mexican border, because when you get Chagas disease, what happens is in the first two weeks of acquisition of the of the parasite, you mm. can have a sudden cardiac death. Wow. What's that sound like? And then and then it goes on to produce myocarditis, cardiomyopathy, all the things we're seeing. So why would they show us this in 1992? That's an easy thing to seed things with. They could put those in the vials and we'd never know, wow. in my opinion. So that's a possibility. I think parasites are critical here um, and both artificial. There's a reason they really, really, really don't want us to talk about parasite meds because it, it helps and, and everybody should have them in their house. So, yeah. you know, I guess I would say in summary here of all this is that um, we're not dealing with normal medical problems. Okay. okay. We're dealing with a, 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 a purposeful uh, takedown of humanity. Mm -hmm. okay. And this, it's, may, it may be hard to wrap your head around that this is that big a conspiracy, mm -hmm. but there's evidence that we've been reset before, that populations have been dropped down and it's done, you know, uh, just look up the, the, uh, the history of this 19th century. And there's something very wrong with that about all the orphan trains and all mm -hmm. that, where were the, where the adults, you know? So we've had resets before, maybe every yeah. couple hundred years. And this appears to be a genocidal uh, program. And, and, and what they're going to do is control other people. Let me see if I have, if, if you have a second, I'll show you one last video that I've just, this is an old video, but it's a good video. It's from, uh, let me see, it's from a guy in France. And this has to do exactly what we're talking about also, about all the, the people who, now I know how to do this. I can do it without screwing it up, I think, easily. <laughs> Famous last words, right? No, it's great. But it has to go with what I was saying about, uh, um, oh, you know, uh, the Travis Scott concert and, mm -hmm. and electromagnetism. I think yeah. there's multiple ways that this is this is going to this. They can kill us with this stuff. OK. And here's the share. OK, here's the. Um, play. OK. What will follow, I'll just read this, I'll keep the volume down, but it's what will follow is the contamination of the bloodstreams of mankind. Creating intentional infections. Hmm. This will be enforced via laws that will make vaccination mandatory. Hmm. By the way, this is early 90s, he did this film. And these vaccines will make possible to control people. The vaccines will have liquid crystals that will become hosted in the brain cells, which will become micro receivers of electromagnetic fields, mm. which will become micro receivers and where waves of very, very low frequencies will be sent. Mm. And through these low frequency waves, people will be unable to think mm. you'll be turned into a zombie. Mm. Don't think of this as a hypothesis. This has been done. Think of Rwanda. Mm. Right? Wow. So, yeah. Um, you know, here's another point in favor of all this. I'm just telling you all the little pieces of data that put this together. Mm -hmm. um, insects. Why do they want you to eat bugs? Right? Bugs contain chitin. And right. chitin... Chitin is a, is a photonic crystal. Mm. 
That's what gives you the beautiful color of blue butterflies, right? That, that you know, they're kind of iridescent. As you move them in space, they change their color because you're looking through a crystalline structure. Same thing with the green scarab in Egypt, you know, those beautiful green scarabs. So you ingest this, this photonic crystal, it's bending wavelength. Again, it's about wavelength. I think that everything I look at, it's not about RNA. And why is this important? Because people want to give up and they say, I think there's a lot of fatalism. I think a lot of people that have taken the vaccines think there's no way out because they've been, they've heard from the MIT people that it gets into my DNA and it's going to go to my kids and it's nothing I can do. Well, I think that's a very sad situation that they're trying to foist on us. But I think it's just to produce fear. I don't think that's what's going on. If you think it's due to parasites, and it's due to artificial parasites, and you think it's due to all these other things, there are things we can do. Okay. Really so my, my advice to people is turn, you know, the way the first thing to do to get out of this is turn off the mainstream media mm-hmm. is to, you know, you have to eat clean. I would, I don't, I can't tell anybody else to use chlorine dioxide, but I use it every day. And I was using it when I went down to Bardfest, by the way, and I didn't get sick. Okay. I mean, but again, I got a weird gene, so I don't know. The other thing is, I I also believe that everybody has parasites and that we're seeing the, the, the people that are getting this, you notice how many people say they're suddenly broke out with cancer or their cancer suddenly yeah. became an, out yeah. of remission after they took the vaccine. It's because you're knocking down their immune system, right. okay? And so their parasites are coming out of their system. They always, they have their people, we, even the CDC says 50% of Americans have parasites. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get our chlorine dioxide and show people how, how it's done. Yeah. Nice. I'm nice. Really, I'm really glad that I want to go into the parasite thing here because, and I, it's a shame Leah's leaving to go get that, even though she'll be back. Because Leah's story is that, um, guys, we raise pigs and chickens. We have a homestead. You guys know that. Um, and, and we're fairly new to pig farming within the past six or seven, eight years. Right. So compared right. to being raised that way, this is, this was new to us. So, you know, you hear about all the worms and you've got to deworm your pigs and all this, that, and the other. And through a series of events, I went swimming at an open, open, you know, freshwater pond and I came back and I had something, I had diarrhea for weeks. I don't know what it was, some sort of months. It it was a long time. Then Leah noticed, and I know this is getting graphic, but we've got a doctor in the house, so I think it's okay. (laughs) Oh, when you're talking about parasites, there are a lot of graphic stools we can talk about. She had a very long round worm came out. So not related to my thing, but it brought to mind parasites. So when she saw that, we were already thinking parasites because of what had happened to me. And then Leah started digging into parasites. And I remember when I was a kid, I had little pinworms or something. And we went to the the pharmacy. They gave you the whatever it was and they're boom, they're gone. You don't do that anymore. We do not worm our country. And Leah came to find out that. So I was trying to get Fembendazole. And because that was what I really wanted. I wanted to get because that was what I was. Panicure C. Um, what do you say? It's called Panicure C when you buy it in the cattle okay. store. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to get Fembendazole, and I, I looked at all these different pharmacies online. You can get it over the counter for three dollars a box in Ireland. You can get it um, in Australia. You can get it everywhere. But in the United States, and I was going to need to go to the doctor and get a prescription 
And when I went to, I went to Sam's and I asked them, I said, if I go, you know, I just wanted to know, I, I wanted to know how much it would cost. And it was for 60, they, they, they were shocked. They looked it up and they were shocked and they said, let me, this can't be right. And they printed it out. And for 60 tablets, which would have been about 10 boxes because most boxes come with six tablets. Um, I, mine is called. What do I, I have I it? It's, it's the Vermox. Oh, Vermox, yeah. Vermox, okay. Vermox. Um, and I wanted Vermox, and it was the major ingredient. So it wasn't from Benazol, is... it was Vermox. No, Vermox is the oh, name. It was the same thing. Yeah. Okay, get to the punchline, though. Okay, so I they were going to give me, the, they only had it in like a 60-tablet bottle, which would have been like 10 boxes, and they printed it out. It was going to be 13 thousand dollars 13 i still have the paper and oh i looked it up so you guys know what okay happened? so vermox vermox is mebendazole you're med right okay. Okay. okay so there's abendazole for humans and there's okay. mubendazole and then there is fenbendazole yeah, and okay. fenbendazole you can get for eight bucks a box down in the cattle store okay yes Right. That's the one but that I use. We didn't know that, right? I know. <laughs> We're thinking we how can Americans get an antiparasitic? That right. that's kind of where our brains are going and it and it felt like in that moment. And remember, this is prior to COVID. This is what I was trying to get. It's yep, very yep, hard to yep. see. So yep. we're thinking, wait a minute. When COVID came about and and ivermectin came on the scene, and people started talking about, it. we're like, well, we already give that to our pigs. Like we we had it, we had right. the liquid you had on, it. Right. on hand. And so we were like, there's a massive conspiracy, not theory, to keep anti-parasitics from the American population. And we learned that because, and I believe God allowed Leah to get this roundworm and for me to get this parasite. So I so ended would be up, on our radar. I ended up getting I, I, you're right. boxes of Vermox from Australia. You got, and, she got a big bag of these giant boxes. And these little, well, they're of, of the little boxes, and it works. It, it killed the the roundworm. I saw them come out and come out little pieces. And so then she started going on a mission, telling all of our friends, "You need to be wormed." And she was like, "I shouldn't be saying this live on air, you but should who cares? do not tell people this." Y'all know where the rest of that story goes. Yeah, missionizing, I, I explained how to other people to get it. <laughs> and this was all yeah. prior to COVID. Yeah, but here's right, the thing: right. prior they to made COVID. it. They made it prescription only which is stupid and right. then it's like what they did with um the um the diabetic stuff you know insulin insulin they they took it some Jack company bought up. it this vermox because kids do need it they kids usually use this for pinworms that's what they normally yeah. Yeah. give it out for um but uh they a company bought it and like they, it Jacked went from the price. it went from $12 a box in the United States to whatever it is, whatever thirteen thousand is divided by ten, so you know, thir uh, twelve, basically thirteen hundred dollars a box. Um, so, so, could, so I could put that in numbers: twelve dollars a box to, to so a thousand percent increase in how much that, and it's just absolutely insane uh, what these pharmaceutical companies want to do and try to make money off of people. But this is this is the I have this is uh, since we're not on Facebook. This is okay. the Miro, uh, oh, yeah. mineral okay. solution the and the activator solution. And Bob the plumber on <laughs> Rideon TV, um, he sent us some, and I ordered some. And um, I know, and, if you, and I'm, you guys can cook. You can make your own. 
I'd recommend that's, it. That's you... what we're being told. We just haven't done it yet. I haven't done I'm going to say I have the recipe on my website. You just how to do it. You just measure have it out. It's so it? easy. Do you make What's it? What's that? Do you yeah, make it? You get some crystals. And I'll tell you, it's everybody should do this. Everybody should get crystals of that stuff in the house. Because okay. if you're if I had to choose, if I were on a desert island now as a physician and I had to choose one thing to have, that would be it. Wow, it okay. can be used for basically everything. It is the universal antidote. And anybody that doesn't believe that, um, there's a, uh, a, an, a former, I don't know if he still is, an ICU nurse that does a fabulous video about this. Very long, but you don't have to watch the whole thing. You'll, you'll be convinced. I mean, it goes through the science of why this works, why it's safe, and it's called the universal antidote. In fact, yeah. it's the universalantidote.com, I think. Now, yeah. define safe. And what I mean by that is you can, if you do it improperly, you can get pretty sure. sick. You have to work your way up. Right. And you can make yourself sick drinking milk, too. So, That's you know, you have to be careful. Point. I I have personal experience of doing it wrong. So I know what you're talking about. What Because you're toxic. If you haven't been taking it regularly, yeah. you've built up toxins in the body. If you start at too high a dose, you can purge all at once. And Katie, bar the door. You think you're going to just poop your brains out. And <laughs> I lost so much fluid. I got lightheaded. I passed yeah. out. I mean, I was, I, my husband had to drag me into the bathtub and, sh and just shower me off. It was oh that bad. Gosh. So trust me, you only do that once. And that was stupid because I'd been on it for a while. And then I stopped while I was starting a parasite program. I thought for some reason I needed to cycle and stop, which was, I didn't need to, but I did. And then when I got back in three months, I started at the level I had been on before. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> that was no, really and insane. Yeah, so Mike Adams, <laughs> way he, too much. he shows you how to do it. It's really simple. Do you make the uh, the gas off? No, I think do that's- you just do the mixture? That's that's to me too hard. I'm I'm gonna keep it keep it simple, stupid. So what I what I tell people, there's two parts. You know, there's the. I'm gonna show the, them how to do it. So yeah, it's really so, simple. You put in like I normally do like three drops. There you um, go. And then you do the same thing with the the activator solution. Now now before you put that in there, I'm gonna okay. tell you a little secret. Okay. If you have normal stomach acid, you don't need to use the activator. Oh. Because the activator is hydrochloric acid, okay. and it's you have that in your stomach, so. In the only people I say, if you've got if you've got a problem, like if you have, think you have malaria or bad malaria, gives you. Uh, I learned this from Bob the plumber. It actually gives you ulcers, and you can have problems with your stomach acid. If there's any question, then you mix it. But by not mixing it, you don't even taste it. Huh. It doesn't have any chlorine -y taste at all. So if you don't have stomach problems, you can just do that. Add your water. I, now I have a. I should have brought mine. That. Okay, Michelle, let's see. I can't do it. The chlorine stuff makes me nauseous because Taste of the smell. Just the water I literally now. cannot do it. So really, if you just have enough stomach acid, it works. Yeah. And you take that without the... Yeah. I can take that just fine. We yeah. have an issue because I want to take it, but I can't, like literally, I will puke at just the smell of it. And I have a, I'm a pretty strong constitution Swede. I All don't right, know but what you, it is. Uh, maybe an old swimming pool injury, but I... What I what I do now is I have a bottle that's oh, I don't know it's it's like it's I hate to say it, it's a Starbucks bottle but it's one of those plastic green bottles so that the light doesn't get in it's it's got a lid on it right and so if you have a lidded container not metal don't want to use it in metal I just um I put that I I put twelve I'm up to twelve drops I put twelve drops a day that's where I kind of feel good I put twelve drops a day in. And I fill it with filtered water. It's a little ice, maybe. Put the lid on and then just sip on it periodically all day. 
And if I don't finish it, sometimes I'll make it through half and I don't get through the whole thing. I just forget and it's too late and I don't want to. So then I put it in the refrigerator and I just get it the next morning. It's perfectly fine. It's not going to degas when you refrigerate it in a bottle if it's got a lid on like that. So, but you do. um, And it's not going to degas as much if you don't mix the two parts. You don't want to put it in a metal. Blunt. Yeah, that's, you don't want to use metal. That's, now, you got to use plastic or glass. Glass, yeah. And my favorite thing with it is to take a bath in it. Oh my gosh, is that great? Try that. You just get in a nice hot bath, and what you do, you put in uh, a, a teaspoon of the. So you can use a teaspoon, or you know, of the. I use. I have a little graduated thing that has in CC. So I use six cc's of the of the MMS, the crisp, the the solution, and half of that's three cc's. Because I got a big bathtub. If you got a normal size bathtub, five cc's and two and a half cc's of the activator. Now there you have to activate it. So a, a teaspoon of the of the MMS, half a teaspoon of the activator, mix it together in a glass. It turns kind of yellowish brown. Yeah. It should be turning brown. And then after it turns brown, just dump it in the in the in the bath. And I, you know, you you will sleep better. You will dream better. No way. And that's part of the program also. If somebody has not been on, I mean, quite frankly, I just don't get sick on MMS. So okay. I don't have this problem. But if I have patients that come up to me or just, you know, I'm kind of the small town resource. Somebody calls and says, I'm sick. What do I do? I said, are you on MMS? No. I said, well, okay, here's what, come over and get this. And I give them the two bottles. I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take one drop an hour all while you're awake as much as you can. Um, and then take a, take a bath twice a day in that mixture I just told you. And I'm not kidding you. It Poof. People feel better. It, wow. it, it really takes it away. So that's the acute phase uh, treatment. But there's almost nothing it doesn't either help or prevent. So question so that's in the, my number in the one. live chat. Um, said, are you making your own MMS or do you purchase it? Do you make all your own? Right. So the, the MMS is made from crystals of sodium hydroxide. And you buy it, and if you go on my website, themedicalrebel.com, mm-hmm, on the front page, there's a little thing that shows chlorine dioxide protocol. On my computer, it's on the top right. But anyway, it's on the front landing page. I've got a parasite protocol, a parasite video, and a chlorine dioxide protocol. Okay. And it tells you how to make, make it. It tells you where to buy it if you don't want to make it. Wait, I'm going to tell you what's happening in Canada. I got from a friend of mine who lives up there, said, who's a podcaster, said, they cannot import the crystals now. Now, oh, I wow. want to just, people need to think about that. They cannot import the crystals. Now, this is a drug. It's not a drug. This is a chemical that is used on everybody's food. Okay, every industry uses this. It's the they best for sanitizing they, it's used water. It's for water purification. Right? Water purification, food sanitizing, all sorts of stuff because it, it oxidizes and kills the bad things, but it doesn't hurt the, the product. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt your pipes. It's not a, it doesn't corrode. So it's the, it's really God's gift to humans, I think. But in any case, so that it's legal to have, they can't make it illegal. So the companies can import it. But if you're an individual, Amazon will not ship you chlorine dioxide crystals is what she told me so that's i mean the the uh it's not chlorine it's sodium uh chloride so you may need to buy the mineral the miracle the solution so you might need i don't know so i don't know about canadians but for us we can get the crystals and my vote is everybody needs to stock up now because Mm -hmm. the other thing they're doing ivermectin okay ivermectin Mm -hmm. is a fabulous drug well, it came from the soil in Japan, and after the pharmaceutical companies bought up the rights for it, they went back and destroyed that area of Japan, destroyed the soil. Can you can never go back and recreate oh it? Okay. And now I've heard that then I'm trying to confirm this, so I don't have confirmation on this, but the latest I heard was that they're buying up, Merck is buying up 
uh, pharmaceutical companies in India and that make ivermectin and shutting them down. Because oh, no. right now I, I go to Grant Pharmacy online and I get ivermectin, nitazoxanide, uh, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, anything you want, you can get over there at a tenth or, le or less than what you would buy in America. Yeah. So, yeah, I go to buy-pharma.md. Um, yeah, as long as it's good quality and you know the quality and everything. And so I I just uh that's what I do. And I but I'm afraid that they're going to they're going to try and make it so you can't get it anywhere cuz they are trying to kill us. Let's just be honest here. Unless we no, stop this. No, they are. So they they're are. trying to kill us. Let's and they're trying to take away our options of saving ourselves. Everybody I know who takes this um every day, they can go to a lot of the reawaken tours when everybody else is getting sick and they don't get sick. Right. But it's also, again, it's not just about, you're not, you're not necessarily transmitting viruses, could be transmitting electromagnetic signals sure. to each other. Okay. But whatever it is, you are also making up for some bad behavior. You know, if you have a little bit more to drink or you, I'm not you know, advocating that, but I'm just saying stay up too late. Your immune system is, you're, you're kind of evening yourself out. So I think that helps. Okay. All right. So let, let's break down the nitty gritty because you have, and I get all of the Lee Merritt stuff behind the scenes vicariously because Scott Kesterson is quite literally one of our <laughs> best friends. So when he has conversations with you, then I hear about them. And he <laughs> he funny. has called me up. I have to be careful now. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> He's not telling any Whoops. deep, dark uh, Lee Merritt secrets. Don't actually. believe always, anything he may have said about, no. Always singing your praises, by the way. It's lit quite literally. He has nothing but good things to say. Oh, that's nice. But when you were really getting in and as you've been digging into the parasites, could you maybe just give everybody an overview as to your ideas of where parasites sure. are in society and and kind of how it's affecting us? Right. Well, we all have them. You know, that's another we were taught. I was taught in medical school in New York. Oh, yeah, we'll teach you about parasites, but it's a third world country problem. Don't think about it. That's never been true. They knew it wasn't true. You know, the funny thing is the Rockefeller Foundation, the, the, when he set up the Rockefeller Institute and all that, his right-hand man, Frederick Gates, um, told him, you know, if you do this, we can really take care of the medical problems of today. And the medical problem he was talking about and he mentioned was hookworm. In other words, a parasite. That's kind of funny in, in retrospect. So we all have them. We know that children get them. We know animals get them. When you take your dogs to the vets, you know, yeah. you get them. So so don't think you don't get them. We are all animals and we live in the same environment, okay? When I was in medical school, I remember my first, these are kind of the little stepping stones of me figuring this out. And I'm not saying I figured everything out. I just took what other people had figured out and put it all together. But, but I remember 1976, they told us one of the risks of multiple sclerosis is having a lap dog before the age of five. Now, why the hell would that matter? You know, that is just crazy. Why would that be a different for a neurologic disease like MS? Well, now it turns out Dr. McDonald, who's a, a, a pathologist down in Florida, I think he's in Florida. He's been doing um, pathology. He did 10, 10 uh, MS patients that died, did autopsies on them. A hundred percent of them had parasites in the brain and spinal cord. Wow. And it's a really exemplary of modern medicine failure. So we think in modern medicine, if you can name a disease, you understand the disease. That's, we must know everything about it because we can tell this is called MS. We know it's MS because you have these symptoms, blah, 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 blah. And we got an MRI and it shows that you have plaques in the brain and plaques in the spinal cord. Boop, diagnosis of MS. 
oh, we might have taken some spinal fluid and you have monoclonal antibodies and blah, 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 oligo bands or whatever they used to do. Guess what? Nobody thought to ask what caused all that. Nobody caught to ask what caused those plaques in the brain and spinal cord. It turns out it's not subtle when you do an autopsy. He said they were parasites. And, and in some cases in the brain, you could actually see the little nematode worms. When you're talking about the roundworms, those are nematodes. He could see them in the brain. Okay. So we just never looked. You know, the joke in medicine, WNL is supposed to mean within normal limits. It's supposed to be an abbreviation, but we say it's we never looked. That's the problem here. Okay. So that's just one disease. He also looked at dementia and found out that uh, inside of this kind of slime in the brain that he came up to, there was uh, the rickettsia, the, the um, uh, Borrelia burgdorferi, would give you Lyme disease. Okay, so there was that. Um, we're now autoimmune disease. Why do we get autoimmune disease? It turns out, and this is something uh, you know, I in retrospect, I had cats all my life. And I think I have lots, and plus I'm a, you know, I'm not really a farm kid, but I was raised in farm country and yeah. I, we, I was always outside on the ground and, you know, sh doing gardening and playing around. So I'm sure I had a lot of parasites because it's taken me almost a year and I'm still getting rid of them. Whoa. But, but I will tell you, it made a huge difference right away. So when I was 29, I was an intern. I remember I started having acne rosacea where your cheeks get kind of red because yeah. I was tired and I've got a little shingles then too, because I was tired and run down and my immune system was really being hurt because I was getting no sleep. And this all started coming out because when your immune system goes down, the parasites start getting out. Well, it turns out that acne rosacea, if it goes on for a long time, what, what I think is happening now, this is one I can't prove, but I, but based on everything I think, I, I think this is what's going on. You don't have auto. Most people don't have autoimmune disease at age 20. They get it in their thirties and forties, and then they get cancer in their fifties, sixties and seventies. Right? So what's happening here is as our immune system has problems, you, the par the parasites that are in you start hatching out and creating havoc. So every day you have a parasite in the gut, for example, and they're not all visible. These are my, these can be microscopic parasites. You, there are many, many types of parasites people can have, and we don't necessarily need to test and figure them out unless there's a problem that you can't solve. But they're all over the place, and you don't know what you've got. But whatever happens is the mother parasite lays 200,000, 20,000 to 200,000 eggs a day. You're freaking me out. Most of those eggs pass on through the bowel or pass out of you or get chewed okay. up by the body's immune system, but some of them don't. And they get insisted into you. And so every day you're alive with parasites, you're creating more of these parasitic cysts. But you're a young person, you're 25 years old, you're in the Marine Corps, you're down at Camp Lejeune, you're snooping and pooping through the brush and you're in the mud. And so you're getting parasites, right? And then you go over to Iraq or Afghanistan and you eat the water and drink the food and stuff and you, you know, you get more parasites. Then you come back and now you've got these cysts that are, your, your immune system's keeping them in check, but you got a bunch of parasites in you that are in these little cysts. And now the, the Marine Corps mandates you to have a vaccine and you take the COVID vaccine, which damages your immune system. And now what happens? Well, these things start hatching out. Now, when I was in the military, we would see these young guys once in a while with cancer. And, and I was a general medical officer before I was a surgeon. You'd send them to the urologist. Usually it was a singular like testicular cancer in a 25 year old male. You send them to the urologist and he'd treat them and cured and good, okay? But now what they're seeing, talking to my friends who are still in, they're seeing people are getting showered with these things, these cancers all over them after they take the vaccine, these young guys. And they're kind of being sent home to die. You know what? No, that is parasites 
Okay. I'm telling you that the, there's a, there's a, this in my video on my site, but there's a German group that has been saying this for years. I just had a PhD parasitologist from Egypt. I had a big conference with who said, yeah, this is this kind of cancer. This is this kind of cancer. We've got the parasite figured out. It's parasites. And that's that is why ivermectin and bendazole are, are curing cancers. That's right. That's right. Now, I had when I first came into this whole thing, starting with COVID, I had a friend who's a, who's a minister and I was speaking at one of his events and he just mentioned to me that he had had some cancer and he had gotten online and done this under the ground thing before. He did go to MD Anderson, but he also went underground and did this fenbendazole treatment. And he was like, did better than other people in the in the cancer program that he was in. Well, Years later, now here I am, and I'm explaining to him, it wasn't that fenbendazole treats parasites and it treats cancer. It's not like a dual-use drug. No, it's that cancer is parasites. Mm -hmm. And that is the big, that is why when we started figuring out that ivermectin was a good drug, did you hear all the hissing and yes. almost like, you know, the, 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 satanic, the, the screams. satanic screaming from the back that, oh, no, they know about this and we got to <laughs> stop this. You know, I mean, it's just a nightmare. They, they, they don't want us to help ourselves. But see, that would bring down if you really know what's going on between chlorine dioxide and all this, it'd bring down the pharmaceutical industry. It would. And by it the way, would. I say that and I'm not suicidal because doctors in the past <laughs> that have made comments like this are no longer with us because they've been murdered. And I'm just saying I'm not suicidal at all. I'm, I'm in this fight. So, yeah, that's what's going on here. And so there are other drugs that, that work, but ivermectin and they actually are doing studies on ivermectin. And and I what's the other one that they're looking at? They're looking at several of them. Oh, so here's another thing. So nitazoxanide, you had a you had a roundworm. Now, um, when I first started my parasite program, I thought, well, what medicines do we use now? Okay, now I'm convinced that we all have parasites. And what what happens? I mean, I didn't finish the story on, on autoimmune disease. The reason you get autoimmune disease is you get as you get a little older, you just have all these cysts forming, and you're 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 struggling. Your immune system has to turn on to high burn, trying to get rid of these. And it's, they're starting to hatch and you're having to work more and more. And that gives you autoimmune disease. So we treat autoimmune disease with steroids that then makes it easier for the parasites to insist. It's just a vicious cycle. Wow. Okay. The answer is this. So one time, so when Carrie Maude called me, when she first found that little thing under the microscope slide and we were talking about it, and, and we both were talking about maybe it was, I think she brought it up first, but I think, you know, Hydra. Yeah, I said that you know, who knows, that could be, it kind of looks like a Hydra. Anyway, we know that they've been doing research on Hydra and we had this big long discussion. So after we hung up, I thought, huh, I wonder how you get rid of Hydra. If they're putting that in the vaccine and putting in people, I wonder how you treat that. So I started looking about Hydra and I discovered that that is a contaminant of freshwater aquariums. Mm. So then I said, well, I wonder how the aquarium boys get rid of it. Nitazoxanide. I'd never even heard wow. of that drug. So I started looking up nitazoxanide and guess what I found? I found that these psychopaths, the what now I call them the Uber parasites. You know, we have our parasites in our body and the 150 people running the world are the Uber parasites. These guys have known about this for a long time because guess what three drugs they put in the remdesivir trial for COVID? They knew remdesivir didn't work. It just killed you, but they wanted to make it look better. So they mixed in ivermectin. They used it with ivermectin. And then in the other studies, they used it with nitazoxanide. Wow. So a drug I never heard about in medical school and I never, but it, it, uh, it treats tapeworm like unbelievable. Like beef tapeworm is hard to treat, and it treats it like in three days. Wow. So this is good stuff. So, um, so my my favorite drugs for the parasite protocol, other than chlorine dioxide, is fenbendazole, 
which I just get Panicure C over the counter. And this is my point, and I can't prove this. And so this is not official medical advice. This is for educational purposes only. I believe these guys make, they, they love their racehorses, you know, and they will not hurt their racehorses. So I think you're, as long as you're getting horse medicine and dog medicine, you're probably okay. Uh, much of this comes off the same lines that the, that the people medicine comes off of. And so, in fact, I know the ivermectin that's for horses. It's a liquid. It's a clear liquid. That is clearly from the same, it's IV, but you're not going to take it IV. That's, I'm just saying, if you want, I have some of that. You can just take a syringe out and take a certain amount and just drink it. But they, that, that is, comes off the same production line as the human ivermectin. Wow. So I don't worry. I just go down and get, pan now, the one I would not take, it's important. The one I would not take is the pork poron. I would not take a topical. And the yeah, reason yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. yeah because for those, stuff. they they put stuff in to get it absorbed through tough, porcine skin. Yeah. Or, you know, they don't. So I wouldn't, I would only use the rub-ons if you really, like somebody's, somebody's dying in the ICU and they won't let you do anything. And you oh, just wow. happen to have some of this on your hand and you rub, rub it on. I know people that have done that and saved their, their family. No way. Members. Yep. Yep. In the ICU. Yeah. They snuck it in. I mean, I, not that I would ever, I, I, I wouldn't have done that maybe, but, but I, I think I heard this story where uh, somebody was telling me about their, their husband in the ICU and they were really worried about them and, and they said, but they won't let me take anything in. And I said, well, do they let you visit them? Yeah. Do they let you take drinks in? Yeah. Does he like milkshakes? And then it was like the light went on. It was like, okay, <laughs> put the darn ivermectin in the milkshake or the Benbendazole in the milkshake. It's just white pasty stuff. They'll never know. You know, but that's, and that is, and it did. And they were amazed that the person got out of the ICU quickly. Best, best turnaround they'd ever had. Oh, you, know? <laughs> you know, so uh, you got to do what you got to do to save people at this point. But that's what I do. And so the parasite program, the big secret here is the reason that, you know, they use, why does hydroxychloroquine work? for uh, autoimmune disease like like lupus and like uh, rheumatoid arthritis. That's one of the treatment, that's a big treatment. I used to prescribe it all the time for people that needed a refill of their medicine. Now this is funny, during the outbreak of COVID as a physician, if I called in 10 pills for somebody or 20 or 10 days worth of hydroxychloroquine with a particular ways of doing it, and they knew it was for COVID, they'd deny it and say, we, we can't fill that. Mm. But if I hung up the phone, I didn't actually do this, but I could have because I, at the same, I, at the same day I could call this in for somebody else. I hung up the phone, I picked it back up and I'd say, okay, so-and-so uh, give them Plaquenil, which is the uh, proprietary name for, for hydroxychloroquine, okay? Give them Plaquenil and then I'd give them 180 tablets with five refills, no problem. Wow. Because it's for autoimmune disease, see? But oh. why did it work? Because at first it works for a couple of years because it mm. keeps the parasites down. But if you don't cycle it, you don't get rid of the cysts. So oh. here's the secret nuts and bolts about parasite protocols, parasite treatment is that whatever drug you choose, and I, I go between fenbendazole, nitazoxanide, and ivermectin. Mm -hmm. I found that if I only use nitazoxanide, I I wasn't solving the problem. I have, I, some things respond to one and I'll do a few cycles of one. Then I'll do a few cycles of another. And I'm just rotating it because I want to get over this. And I'm so much better. I had, I had night sweats. I was a pre-cancer patient. This is one of the things we worry about people with cancer, that they tend to have night sweats for a long time before they break out with the cancer. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a sign of cancer anyway, or chronic infection, a lot of different things, but I, I didn't have any reason to have it. And I thought, no, oh, this is not good. I took three days of nitazoxanide and after five years, night sweats were gone. 
Boom. No yeah. way. Yeah. So this is this. So I'm sure it was parasites. And I, and at first you'll see stuff coming. You probably will see some stuff coming out of your stools. I, at first I did anyway. Not everybody has gut parasites. Some it's all intra blood. It's all in your blood. So you don't know what's going to happen. But if you do see it in the stool, it's helpful. It's kind of a feedback mm -hmm. of what, what's going on. At first, I saw lots of stuff. I would always have it about two days after I stopped. I'd do three days on and five days off. And during that five days off, about day two or three, I'd start having, you know, things in the stool. At stools. Now the dead parasites are coming out or they're being expelled. And at first, I really thought you could see some motion. It was kind of creepy. But after that, I didn't see that. I just saw, I still see different things happen and it's less and less all the time I do it. Here's the problem if you wait too long, okay? So why start with three days on and then five days off? Why not go seven or 10 days off? Well, the reason is if you go too long, the mother worm, what you do is on the first three days, you kill the overt mother worms. So they, they pretty much go away and they put out a hormone or some chemical that keeps the babies from hatching out. So if when they're gone, more and more babies will hatch out. And if you wait too long, you will have such a hatch out, you'll have so many parasites in you that when you take your second treatment, you will give yourself what's called a Herxheimer reaction named after the guy who, who figured it out. And it was something that used to happen when we treated syphilis patients because they'd have a lot of their syphilis parasites kind of spitting rickettsia, spitting around all over them. And you treat them, they all get dead all at once and you have a histamine allergic reaction to these things. Oh, you'll notice that your eyes are water. Your your nose will stuff up. Um, you'll just feel like crap for a couple of days. You're just aching it like you've got the flu. And it can be mild. It can be moderate. It can be severe. I gave myself a severe one um, when I got stuck in a blizzard and I couldn't get home in time. And I it just took me too long to get home. I was out speaking and it, I stayed a, like a week longer than I expected. And I ended up that extra week, man, when I got home and I took the medicine, I was down for three days. I was, in fact, it was one of those things where you were so stuffed up every time you tried to swallow. I don't know if you've ever had that. It made a vacuum. It was so uncomfortable in the nose. I mean, I was horrible. It was just awful. Don't ever do that. So start with three on five off. And then after a couple cycles, just slowly increase it a couple days here and there. And if you start, you'll know if you just go a little bit too long, you might get a little wheezy, sneezy stuff. And um, and you might have to even shorten your cycle. If you go, if you can't do five days off, you probably want to cut your medicine in half or something. You got to do whatever you can. You can't exceed the ability to get rid of the dead parasites. So if you have a ton of them and you do three days and then you have a Herxheimer reaction at, at the, after five days, you've got to probably go a shorter cycle and just do two days of treatment or something wow. like that. Nobody has. I'm going to tell you the problem here is. Um, you have to understand it yourself. And there are a lot of people out there that have been doing this for years that probably know more about it than I am. I do. But there's no real good clinical king of the hill here because we've been lied to so long about parasites not being an American problem. We don't have a lot of experience. Our doctors don't have experience treating them other than yeah. pediatricians treating pinworm. That's about it. So you, anyway, you just keep going until you're up to a once a month. When you can get to the point where you just do it once a month, you're on maintenance. Okay. I've not made it there. Now, I can talk, Brian Artis, who also got me down this road, kind of, he, he got into being uh, what he does in his practice because he treated his sister and, yeah, right. and cured her autoimmune disease. But it, he doesn't tell people this, all, and people think it's a quick fix. It took three years yeah. or more on his sister because, she, you know, if you've got autoimmune disease, you've got a lot of parasites, mm -hmm. a lot of them, and it's going to take a while. And I also have a friend with asthma, and I think she's doing better now. She was getting worse. 
starting to cough up like brownish stuff, which made me think, you know, and I just said, look, I think you got to do this. You got to, and I, and I got her on the chlorine dioxide. I got her on the, on the different, you know, meds and, and she's doing better. I mean, she was having more and more of these outbreaks that were getting worse and worse. And that's how you lose asthmatics. They just get more severe and you get to the point where nothing works because we're not thinking, could it be parasites in your lungs? We call them lung flukes. In Egypt, they know all about them. Wow. We're just not paying attention. I'm telling you, modern medicine, we've become completely brain dead. So, you know, I feel like I've kind of escaped the medical death cult. <laughs> you know, that's really what we're in. And so that's the problem is that nobody has the right answer. Um, we're trust, I'm just trying to refine it and get the word out to people to do this because what a tragedy that they send some young kid home in the military and say, you're going to die. There's nothing we can do because you've got metastases all over you. Now, yeah. why would it? Why would suddenly this disease change so that that cancer is now hitting all the military? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, or, or hitting young people with these with these things. And I've had people that had leukemia that got rid of it, taking this protocol. The, I have a vaccine remorse protocol that uses the parasite stuff, uses the stuff, uh, the, the chlorine dioxide, uses carbon 60. There's lots of things you can do. So don't I will tell people, do not be discouraged. Do not let them make you afraid. Get in the fight and fight for your own health and your family's health and, and do these things. There's simple things you can do. And, and as a final note, you know, modern medicine is very different. Old time medicine, the ancient medicine of, of the, the age of Aeschylus and Hippocrates and these guys, Asclepius, I mean, the, uh, who was the, the demigod of medicine, actually, the, um, there, there were only two treatments. Mm. You know, purification, get right with God, and detoxification. That's good. Okay. Now we know, and, and like I say, virus meant toxin. So now we know there's, we know a little bit more than they did back then. So now we have, in addition to get right with God, that's always a good idea. Uh, parasites, get rid of your parasites. Treat your toxins. Um, don't, eat, don't toxify yourself. Don't add toxins by eating a, a terrible diet. You know, uh, that's a real simple thing. Like Jack LaLanne used to say, the big guru workout, he said, if man made it, don't eat it. It's real simple. <laughs> that's, that's simple. And supplement your deficiencies. That's so good. you can't, you know, we all, unfortunately, the soils have been leached out and we're not having the diet that we should. So you got to supplement your deficiencies. And then the final one is EMF protection. And um, I like, I have a, a link on my site. I like EMF Sol because they have bioassays that they work. I mean, they can show you how, you know, your router in your house is one of the, a, a big emitter of EMF. Now, yeah. even if you hardwire your house, yeah. though, you're still getting it from satellites and all over the place. Right. But, but if you use, um, if you, so what they did is they put a router by a piece of bread and it will cause it to mold early. Mm -hmm. And then they put a router by a piece of bread where they put their mitigation stuff there. And it didn't mold early. So they've got, and they have multiple different assays like that where they show that the calcium doesn't go into the cells abnormally if they put their stuff around. So there's hope for this whole thing. And even, and like I say, don't, I think that a lot of doctors out there that are discouraged because they think they don't want to, you know, if something's too psychologically devastating, you don't look at it. Yeah. And so they don't want to, they don't want to look at the fact because they might realize they've killed themselves. They killed their families and their patients and sterilized their daughters. And I, you know, with this vaccine, I, I mean, even Carolyn, Christian Northrup even has had people that have been taking chlorine dioxide and they got pregnant, you know, after they hadn't been able to get pregnant after wow. the vaccine. So I think there's a lots of technology here. We can throw at this. I, I believe in, 
in the fact that we're going to overcome this and um but fear is your is your big mind bender don't let that take you down and here's what these are the things you can do and those are those are the five things that everybody needs to do oh, okay I so, love that so i much. am so excited about having you on our show because the doom and gloomers will lead you yeah. nowhere they won't th that the no we have actual answers that can help you so before we let you go i have a couple of questions and if anybody has any questions go ahead and leave them in the chat there um on rumble or on d live but so when it comes to the you had mentioned that there were three drugs that were your your go-to and you started with fenbendazole but i didn't get the other ones ivermectin right and nitazoxanide which okay. is alinea but let me tell you if you tr so Larry Filesky was going to get some nitazoxanide and he went down to a pharmacy in Florida and it was going to be $4,000. The same amount he could get for $250 from India, from Grant Pharmacy. So I just, yeah. I don't do that. I don't buy anything. I don't get a prescription. I don't use a prescription. I don't call anything to the pharmacy. I just go, and I could call it in for myself. It's stupid. I just go over and get it from Grant. It takes a couple of weeks, but that's yeah. okay. Right. Okay, so then, so we get these drugs and we do the protocol and we adjust them according to what we can handle, right? And we do it until when do we know we're at maintenance level? When you don't get any kind of, of eye-watering, sneeziness, blah, 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 and you can go a month. You can, go, you, can, you can just do it three days, two or three days at the first of every month, and that, okay. then, then you're probably good. And so you're just saying that everybody should just be on these forever? I think so. I'm not, because I tell you why. It's not just about the natural parasites. It's about what they're giving us that are acting like parasites. So we're in the world of, of bioweaponry, of bioweaponized parasites. And I will tell mm -hmm. you too, having followed the bioweapons community for decades before this even broke out, that they kind of shifted their focus over the last decade from aerosol spray stuff and contact stuff to insect-borne diseases, which we're talking parasites. So I would absolutely think that they're going to that's what they're throwing at us and you i think, think that's this, like lyme disease oh lyme disease all sorts of parasites probably ones that are made up that we never know i mean mycoplasma is not naturally occurring that's a man-made thing so we got we know that they've been creating man-made essentially organisms to get us you know so how many of these parasites are really new i we don't know i have no clue but i'm not putting anything past these guys. In other words, they get, again, they have the knowledge and we don't, but, but we, they, that's why they really didn't like it that we stumbled on this whole ivermectin thing and hydroxychloroquine yeah. thing. That's why they started firing people and shutting people up. And, and there yeah. are, um, and I'll just, we can end with this. There are some natural ways for when we can't get a hold of the big pharma. Um, the, our, I know Amish people, they know that they have to worm. So they actually make a, uh, tincture with black walnut hull, right. wormwood, the plant and clove. And those three things it takes, I will tell you this cause I was trying both. It takes a lot longer. Um, but I think well, that that's if, it, it takes a lot longer, but if you're stuck between nothing Black Walnut Hall is a wormer, and we there is a literal plant called wormwood. I grow it uh -huh. for this particular. I actually reason. have it. Yeah, I grow it for this particular reason. I, you can crush it. You can put it in a tincture. Um, you don't want to overdose. You can, you know, get sick. You it's hard to get down. Things, it's look hard to that get up down. yourself. It's it tastes. It's it's actually in the Bible. Wormwood. It's, right. Um, yeah. A lot of things that are unhealthy people. for us 
are healthy for parasites and vice versa. Mm. So I really think that, you know, a lot of these things that kill the parasites that are natural are also kind of good for us. You know, the, uh, the, the problem I have is, and this is why I tell people, I'm not against the herbals at all, but here's the thing. I, we're fighting a different enemy right now. Yeah. And I can't be sure that they can do all the things against like this advanced genetic, you know, hydrogel. Right. I also don't know if they get across the blood brain barrier. That's good. So, if, if this were, and, and the other thing about the Amish is they live clean, right? Okay. They eat good food. They live in a nice environment. They take care of their animals. Mm -hmm. They're not eating out of these, these, these big confinement facilities that we get our meat from. I don't, right. but, but people do. So there's a different problem that the average person faces that the Amish farmers don't face. And oh, plus yeah. they realize the problem and they start their children early on this. Right. They don't have people with toxic loads of, of these parasites. That's right. the issue. Exactly. No, that's so, so good. that's a problem. This is a, this has been one of the most educational videos we've done in a long time. Again, <laughs> thank you, Dr. Mary thank for you. just leaving us spellbound and doing <laughs> a lot of research. So you guys have a lot of homework to do tonight uh to go get yourself some dewormer get yourself the some chlorine dioxide and uh begin to get your your family's health back on track. honestly i thought that i was doing enough dr Merritt, because i had long covid whatever that is i had it and i still don't have my sense of smell back which question oh, you want to know you want to know a trick that i and i give full credit to brian artists about getting your sense of taste and smell back okay here it is um, and, and it does, it, it, this has to do with, uh, we noticed that smokers didn't go down as hard sometimes right, with yes, this COVID, yes, right? Yes. So, um, my husband lost his taste and smell and, uh, I, you get this, uh, Nicorette gum. Yes. And I if did you're it. not a, okay. Did you try it? Well, okay. So I, my punchline for me is I got it back for one day and thought that I didn't need to keep doing the gum because it was really hard for me to stay on the schedule. So then I decided to try the patches. The patches oh, okay. did not work. I'm 1 million percent convinced if I do the gum again and stay with it, then it will work. So yes, well, he I'm says to just do it, it for three days. He says, do it for three days and then give yourself some time off. Then maybe do it for another three days if you need to. But okay. yeah, three days of one to two milligrams, depending if you're not a smoker, one milligram is all I could tolerate. I just, I didn't have a problem with my taste or smell. I just wanted to see what this felt like. But my <laughs> husband, it did help his taste and smell. Yes. It yes, actually absolutely. did. Yeah. That's fantastic. But no, with, with, when it comes to the, all of this stuff that has happened, a lot of times people feel very hopeless. I was taking yeah. ivermectin for months to help with my whatever long COVID and it really was helping. I had these pounding headaches. Um, and that's really one of the main reasons why I was able to get over it was that continual take of, of ivermectin. So I thought that I was good to go. You're now telling me, and I'm actually excited about this to to add something besides ivermectin to try the other ones like the fenbendazole and the nitazoxanide that has me so i have homework and cycle it and cycle yeah, it through. and don't do it continuously and i i gotta tell you i don't people say do you take ivermectin when you go travel i said no i just use my chlorine dioxide okay you know so that's but here's the other thing to think about um first of all remember the infrared therapy Good thing to go out in the sun when it can and get as much infrared as you can. Infrared saunas, um, hyperbaric oxygen for anybody with long COVID. That'll okay. knock it out like this. Okay. Hyperbaric oxygen. Yeah. All right. So I'm so just there's trying a lot to see. Of, 
My and I have a list of what to do for vaccine remorse somewhere oh. on my site. So no, you can, there's a whole list of all the, the possibilities. I was looking for it. Where's the, the protocol? It's under the, the big red bar of, of information. Right. And then once we go there, then where do we go? Vaccine protocol should be right at the vaccine remorse protocol. Okay. I must have skimmed over it. In the very first one. Oh, what to do for vaccine remorse. Okay. Very good. <laughs> it was, it was hidden under that. <laughs> if it was a snake, it would have, it would have jumped out and bit me. Um, I know that my mom had a question early on and I lost it. Um, uh oh. And I, I know I can't lose my mom's question. Um, <laughs> I'll get in trouble for that. Oh, oh, actually, it wasn't a question, it was a comment. And this goes back to Scott Kesterson. She said, um, you know, when we were talking about originally kind of going back to the ancient ways, your dad's way of practicing medicine. And Scott Kesterson, one verse that he quotes on his show emphatically is Jeremiah 616 about going back and restoring the ancient paths. And so my mom was like, you know, it might be time to return to that and just cut everything that we previously knew about all of this stuff and just go back to kind of the old ways, those ancient paths. So that was the one comment that she wanted me to read to kind of confirm what you're right. Uh, saying that really is what we have to do is we have we've been going down the wrong wrong pathway for a very long time thinking of and it's not any one thing it's a general belief about medicine by the way in 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 favor of that you know the old the old when i in 19 this a lot of this changed in the early 70s and that's about when they figured out they could make vaccines profitable i think yeah. it was really hit in the 90s but it really they started down this vaccine road and you know when i was a freshman medical student my professor of pediatrics said oh it wasn't vaccines that cured childhood diseases it was plumbers i told bob the plumber this it was plumbers and i remember this this the line because i thought it was so funny but he was exactly right it was it was nutrition and cleanliness okay yeah. they cleaned up the world and so after 1900 till about 1930 it went down it was like by 1940, by World War II, the, the, the death from childhood diseases was nil in this country. Okay, The only way they convinced people to take vaccines was mixing the numbers in with the African kids that had very poor nutrition and very bad hygiene uh, okay. areas, right? That wasn't happening in America. This guy in, in Rochester, New York at the time thought, this, this vaccine is just a passing fad. This will go mm. away because it doesn't mm. really do anything. Okay. Boy, was he wrong. He did not realize the evil genius behind this whole thing yeah wow wow okay that's so, how much the world has changed <laughs> so good so they can find you you are live on uh brighty on tv like we are um right. i think on thursdays wednesday at six central wednesday at six central okay so they can tune into that our, our viewers are very familiar because we're on fridays at six uh nice seven. nice yep no, six, six Eastern, you're six central there, seven Eastern and tune in because, uh, Dr. Merritt, I have to tell you, you are such a voice of reason and you, your delivery is so, um, matter of fact that you, and you don't pull any punches. And I was telling all my <laughs> friends, it's going to be a very colorful show because you don't, you literally, <laughs> hopefully you just, I won't get you dumped from some channel. <laughs> you, you say it like it is, and you just don't even care. And I yeah. love that about you. And and the, my biggest thing that I love about you is that you have this, we are winning attitude and it's not false. It's real. Like you see it, you see beyond this charade that they would have us believe that they're winning. When you actually look and you, if you were to look at it from a scientific, it's very irrational how they're acting yeah. at this point because they're scrambling because they know that they're losing. They yeah. know it. 
So I'm just very excited about it. So thank you for coming on our show. For those of you, you've seen it um, for our podcast listeners, it's Dr. Lee Merritt, D-R-L-E-E-M-E-R-R-I-T-T.com. You can find her on Telegram at FreedomDoc1. Her Telegram channel is just off the hook. I am oh, following thanks. I love, I, all I the like time. doing my new, my new oral uh, couple minutes. I'm just trying that out with the, and do you know what? So oh, I love it's, it. Yeah. It's, you know what? Did you see it where it says, and and it was Eric Mutsas from his Mutsas podcast that told me this. He said, you know what rebel means? And I said, well, I thought I did, you know, somebody that stands up against authority. And he said, no, no, the actual etymology of the word. And I said, well, no, he says, rebel to change the frequency. Wow. I love it. I love it. So I did not know <laughs> that. Let's change the frequency. Yeah. So, that's change a, the so now frequency. what I do on Telegram is I have those, th I have a little, every once in a while when I have something I want to say, I put up these three bells and I say, prepare to change the frequency. And then we, then I have a little oral thing. I'll have a little, you know, listen to it. I've noticed like that you've been doing that. I listened to one yeah. last night and it was just, I love it because we, then we can hear your voice and you're right there. So you guys need to be following her on Telegram. That'd be great. I mean, that's, that's literally, I think the best way to connect with you. Am I right? Oh yeah, Telegram's great, and then I have a podcast. Uh, if anybody wants to to sign up, it's on Monday nights. It's the Exit the Biomatrix podcast, and we talk about all this stuff. Plus, we do live Q and A. Is that on Rumble? No, it's on my podcast on my themedicalrebel.com. Okay, all right. So that's so everything's on the website. That's easier than spelling my name out. Themedicalrebel.com. Is that the so is that the same thing as the doctorlemerit.com? Yeah, I just don't use that URL because. Too hard, too hard to spell the name and okay all right the medical rebel.com i will make right. sure that i add that to the description nice. it's the same thing that i've had here so thank you nice. for coming on the show this has hey, been an thank you nice seeing you guys blast. again i know good to see you and next time it won't be a year and a half before hey, we well, get you well you'll have to come on my show and we'll talk about all sorts of stuff because we we had a great time down at that uh, bard fest so we we'll did. do that again Yes, I feel yeah. like we're definitely kindred spirits. So yeah. thank you again. Keep up the good work. And I thank want you, you guys to be following Dr. Merritt because she is literally changing this world. So we love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Don't forget to go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code RC. Support Mike Lindell, who's also saving the world. The slippers are still on sale right now. The all-season <laughs> slippers. You use promo code. They're the closeout. They're like 25 bucks. It's ridiculous craziness. And he's got that new pillow that is climate, not a climate, but it's it's got a new thing in the thread it keeps, keeps your, your head cool. head cool when you're sleeping so it's the my pillow 2.0 they're buy one get one free right now so all right dr Merritt, thank you again and we will see you guys next time remember it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth god bless guys <laughs>